This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio, the return episode, the, the first real episode of 2021. We are now into the new year. Happy New Year, everyone. I know this, we're like, uh, this is what, the, the 12th, so we're like, you know, <laughs> damn, we're two weeks behind, but you know, after doing all these year, year review stuff, we are now here, the first One Nation Radio, reviewing some real shit of 2021. Rich, how oh are you doing, God. man? I am, I am good. I, I am the very popular Rich Latta, and I am back. <laughs> Uh, ready to to talk about you know lots of things because yes. apparently the the government is is under you know threat of being overthrown and uh, or it was it was under the uh, you know attempt of being overthrown been all around round I did a uh, podcast with uh, Swerve and uh, Montezzi and Angelo Dawkins it should be hitting YouTube shortly uh, that was pretty fun to do we mostly talked about rap and all that but um. Yeah, you know what? What? What times we had Wrestle Kingdom? We had New Year's Smash. Lots of stuff. We got some questions here. Uh, I opened up the bag. We're a couple of days late. Uh, of course, I was like, I was like tired last night, so that's like the only reason we didn't have a show out. So, in <laughs> yeah. in uh, me, I I I had so much wrestling to watch because like uh, before we went into the hiatus, I was like, I'm done watching WWE television. I'm just done for now. Like, I need a break. And honestly, I was like, the only thing I watched and kept up with was stardom in AEW Dynamite. And mm-hmm. like after that, I was like, I don't care about whatever Korok and Dills are doing at the end of the new year after between Russell, between, uh, um, uh, but after Best of the Super Juniors getting into Russell Kingdom, I, the road too, I just think of shit. So I was like, all right, let's just, uh, let's just focus on the two things I care about the most and then like, I'll, I'll catch up. And then when, <laughs> then when it was time to catch up, boy, oh boy, I was like, yo, there's like 11 shows I need to watch like in a week. I don't know if I could do this. And like, I, I immediately punted like, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro's one four show, uh, Ribbon Media. Uh, on New Year's Eve, I, I I haven't watched them shows. I haven't tried to watch those shows. Uh, I have not watched. Well, I have uh, not either. Well, yeah. So, um, 
like, but even like, it, it came down to it. It is like, yo, I'm so far behind. It's like, am I going, is that what, is this what I'm going to do? Like, it's all I'm going to do for like the, the rest of, for an entire week is watch wrestling, pro wrestling. It's like, I'm not doing this to myself. So, um, I cherry picked like the stuff I wanted to watch on Wrestle Kingdom, the things that, that piqued my interest and, uh, interest in the stuff that, uh, in the main events from the two, um, January 6th, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night shows and app, and then like, that's how I basically like, cut some of the some of that stuff down so over like next week i'll catch up on what i missed or whatever else and if you spoil it whatever like i missed it i missed it or whatever else so um yeah I, it feels good to be back you know it's been a minute like uh but it, uh, let's get to this insurrection yeah man like got yeah. a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of people that believe that the election was unfairly won by joe biden even though everybody uh, with any credibility has said otherwise, um, and they all and different, even state capitals, they they all you know gathered in different uh, capital state or or national capital, and decided to break into our governmental buildings and kind of and basically smoke out a lot of our major politicians, um, and you know as far as going to Nancy Pelosi's actual office and stealing her computer or putting her feet up on her desk and that sort of thing. And, uh, um, a lot of our politicians have to like barricade themselves into, you know, uh, cause they were scared for their lives or scared for their safeties, which naturally you would. These freaking crazy people that are, you know, breaking into these buildings. They have no business even, uh, trying to, you know, think that you can go to without, you know, dealing with some type of, uh, gunfire coming back at them. But, uh, for some reason that didn't happen. It's almost yeah. as if people in uh, law enforcement kind of rock with that side and let so a lot of stuff slide. If it were, let's say, you know, Black Lives Matter or uh, any other type of movement, they would have fucking slaughter. So, yeah, it would have had to come up with like a name. You know, you know how they um, uh, had the Boston Massacre right. back in like and it only killed four people. They would have had to invent a new word. Um <laughs> For whatever may have gone down, it um, some you know bloody Sunday, bloody Monday, some bloody whatever. Man, I I will never forget uh, what I was doing when all this stuff was going down. Um, now, when you know elections go down in America, I know there are people that uh, check out the show from all around the world, every country, um, you know, Europe, Australia, wherever you're listening. Wait, you're a country continent. <laughs> Wait, I can't let that slide. I can't. Yeah, yeah. You know, di- different countries. You know, um, you know that check out the show. If you're not an American, you're hearing this. You're like, huh? Now, like sometimes, like you know, after the elections, there will be protests. Like, of course, when Trump got elected, there were protests there talking about pretty much. They weren't protesting the fact that he won. They were protesting, you know, what it may mean for you know, different uh, subgroups of people and uh, things like that. But these people, no, have nobody, out- nobody stormed the Capitol to try to stop the, uh, the electorate declaring or awarding the, uh, the electoral college to Trump as you, as he won. Right. right. Even though there was all the crazy stuff with, uh, with how Russia, what Russia may have done to influence our elections. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, you know, the trick, the trick of our goofy, um, electoral electoral college as opposed to a popular vote like 
all that's at play. Like people went to uh, DC, and a few people they went, went to school. Go, and went to they DC, went right? there to go fight on a lie, like Slim Charles was saying. Well, the Wire. Well, hold on, I'll get to where you're going in a second. But like when it was Trump that won in 2016, people did go to Washington and, and marched or whatever. But like it wasn't to actually dispute that he had won. It was this dispute that like this is not what we stand for as a country. Whereas. Right. These people in 2014, 2020, or 2021 came to literally try to stop <laughs> what was already done. To like, stop the count. They were literally. They, <laughs> people, people showed up with, people showed up with bombs and zip ties. And, and keep in mind this after, um, our Michigan governor, the governor of the state of Michigan had a, a kidnapping plot thwarted by the federal government by the federal agents i think the fbi stopped yeah a, a, a militia or, or i don't know say how big a militia council but like a group of men right-wing extremists that were that, that were trying to try to kidnap the fucking uh michigan governor. governor so yeah. it's like this has already been in the air here for months now and for it's like wow y'all had bombs y'all had zip ties some of y'all obviously there was a few like a few hundred of them. So it was like all around uh, DC at the time. So it was like, yo, some people were here for play. Some people were here for, 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 for the real. And you can't tell, you know, who, who was doing what, because like, they're all crazy and they're all there for God knows what reason, like some, some obviously more dangerous than others. So it was like that number of people, where the fuck is the police presence in case some shit goes left? And Turns out the police were letting them in. Right. And, Shocker. you know. It's, it's almost it, if, like, we knew that, that immediately the second happened. Like, I I was just absolutely dumbfounded um, by seeing this. And it was like, man, um, it was it was a really dangerous situation because there were, like, single officers that were, like, try holding these people off. They were the last uh, line of defense. Yeah. Um, there were, you know, our, our Congress, uh, men and women and, uh, senators are in these rooms and who knows, they could have all died. Like, <laughs> like then what the fuck happens? Like, right. um, and you see that stuff. And of course there were a couple lives lost and, um, you, any, you don't ever want to see anyone lose their lives, but I'm sorry. I don't feel bad for these people, um, that have, that went out there on that lie that have been being fed this phony media and this phony nonsense, literally, if they can't see through this grift that's been that's been going on and this scammer, this charlatan, this con artist, and they go out there and they die, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to play Fuck Your Homie, He Dead. I'm going to play all those songs. New, Yikes. new, uh, new, what, what's that song called? Um, uh, it's like a uh, new op pack in the air, all that. Let's, wow. let's, let's, you know, I, I'm going to laugh. Like, I, I feel no sympathy. Uh, as Scott Steiner would say, no sympathy in these streets. Like, if you can get conned by this grifter and, and take your ass out to Washington to try to disrupt, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, and then I've, I've seen people like immediately try to compare it to, um, you know, Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, that is. Like we're not doing false equivalents here. Like I'm, I'm sorry. Like this is like, this is literally treasonous to the country. And all these people that claim they love the country and they claim, you know, to, uh, you know, to honor the the flag and all this stuff, we're we're ripping down American flags and hanging up Trump flags. And yeah. just, just like how, 
it's just so it's so bad on, on so many levels and they're about to try to get get trump out of here officially before he's supposed to get out of here and i hope it happens i like i just just these these folks um it's baffling man like and i don't i'm, I'm sure we've got i i, I don't exactly know the different demographics of the show but if there's anyone that has listened to this show for any amount of time this should not be a shock um the stuff that i'm saying here um you look at washington and you look at different movements that have happened around the country and you just start seeing like how it's being encouraged and where does it go from here? It can only get worse because the inaugurations in what eight uh, days. Eight days. Eight days. So, so like they're like, they're, they're trying to, um, uh, I believe they're running security through the ringer to see if they're like double agents right now to try to see if they're like, you know, cosign that shit. So, you know, it's not some type of inside job, uh, come inauguration day. Like, I don't get this. Like, how did this grifter like get to y'all like this? Why do y'all love him this much? Like, like y'all ain't riding for nobody else like this. I am not riding for any type of politician like this ever. Yeah. <laughs> Same um, like, like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, I how can people be scammed this hard? The, the thing for me is people always talk about or not people but just in general the way we've um, we talked about people being radicalized mm-hmm. and they people are so quick to only talk about it in in terms of uh, uh, political and um, let's say uh, groups of persuasion if you will in, in different countries right mm-hmm. and it's like it's only only you know third world countries that can have to places right. on the uh, you know b- below the or in the, not in this country that can never happen here right shit like that that can never happen in the western in western civilization is like nah man um it's always been here it's been here for it's, it's been you know like the Ku Klux Klan has been around for <laughs> centuries um so for me or roughly or over a hundred years. Uh, so anyway, um, for me to see all this stuff happening, I'm not saying this is, this is, um, exactly, uh, the Ku Klux Klan, but what I'm saying is like, there's a lot of overlap on that Venn diagram between like neo-Nazis, like, you know, uh, authoritarianists, like, it's just, you, you see this stuff and it happens and it's like, I've always known this is there. I didn't know that they would be this brazen. I probably, it's probably my naivety for thinking, uh, it, uh that was the case, but just to, uh, to see the free pass they got that day. And it's like, wow, that's, <laughs> those are the rules, huh? Yeah. I, I didn't like, know. Like, oh, like, I'm always, I'm, I'm usually always aware of how, how far that stretches that, uh, like, uh, GTBW? Yeah, how, how good that stretches in. Yo, like, it's maybe, crazy. maybe we underestimated like, it. I, I just think, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, but for the fact that people, like, 
so many of them are getting caught up in the fact they were on camera doing things they had no business doing. And then smiling for the media. And then they like, they thought they could just go home taking selfies with the police. Yeah. Like it's like, nah, bro, it's crazy. Like you, it's crazy. And uh, you know, Taking photos with, with, with artifacts from around the building, bringing right. Confederate flags into the Capitol building. Yeah. I, I think, I think the most, I think the craziest part is like, there was a group, cause you know, they're, they're different sides. There were one on the east side and one on the west side as far as like, and depending on what side of the building, this building you were on, like it was either rainbows and sunshine with police or it got real, it got real aggressive where someone ended up getting clapped mm-hmm. out there, right? But, I think the thing for me was just the fact that like they they thought that they could do this and just fly back to Iowa or whatever fucking country or whatever state uh, they were actually are from from where they fought from and thought like they just go back to their regular lives like no like the like I understand that y'all are white but like. That's not how the that's not how this fucking government works. Like you don't just get you don't get to just to show your ass on, on state property on state you know you know what I'm saying and just do that and then leave when there's no repercussions. No, nah, they're gonna prosecute all of y'all, all of y'all. Like y'all may not y'all may not have gotten you know you know tear gassed or maced or beat to hell or nothing like that, but that's believe <laughs> they gonna identify y'all. And y'all are gonna come to justice some way, shape, or form. Maybe not as badly as um, you know, had there been some other movement, but nah, it's not all. It's not fucking games. So I, I just think you know, I think a lot of people um want to get them out of there by doing a second impeachment and like more power to you. Go for it. I do. I do. I think that's going to curb any foolishness that may happen in um come eight days from now possibly no. do i still expect like it's gonna be the sh- uh, uh people gonna be with the shits come the 20th absolutely now because i wasn't expecting it i was expecting this sort of thing on the 20th if it was ever gonna happen not days before to try to you know don't stop let's let's try to <laughs> let's 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 go up there and you know just be out there and also break into the building and then also have some of us try to think about potentially kidnapping some of these people so that this shit won't go through nah that ain't <laughs> This this shit is this shit is gonna be a, a, a rough next like couple weeks and then we'll see where we go from there. But you know another thing is like you look at that and then you also think of wow like you know COVID this shit's not over this shit is never gonna be over. <laughs> so I don't know man I don't know where to where exactly how to end off on this but it was just a it was just weird to see that especially for me because like I was as it was happening I was away from Twitter in that way and the stuff I was getting fed with like stuff that y'all were sending me and I was like yo this is wild what is going on I was like but I can't use the fucking internet I can't use the stupid internet because <laughs> it eventually will get to me and tell me all these results for Russell Kingdom which actually happened to me anyway where a fucking email from some mailing list that I never remember ever subscribing to sends me uh, has my name on it. I had my name on the New Japan of America account. It sent me an email that literally said in the in the subject, Kota Obushi, new double champion. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um... Like, stayed off Twitter. 
didn't go through any of the messaging. Say it off Discord. Say it off online. Unsubscribe to uh, unsubscribe to th- YouTube channels that, that can spoil anything. Make sure the algorithm didn't get me. A fucking email that I'm there. I never remember ever signing up for got me. I was just, I clicked on that shit and unsubscribed so quick. Fuck New Japan of America. I hope y'all never succeed. Fuck the Western <laughs> expansion. After that, I was furious, bro. Damn. The only the only two matches the only two matches I, I knew the result to I made it a whole week except for those two fucking matches the two most important matches yeah, yeah. anyway I, let's get to Russell let's, let's get to Russell Kingdom yeah man uh, Russell Kingdom fifteen um, had some concerns going into the event uh, about how it was all set up but um, sometimes you forget that uh, you know at the end of the day the wrestlers got to wrestle and for me. I love this show uh, from top to bottom. Uh, it was quality wrestling up and down guys trying to have legendary performances. It was, um, you know, the, the last match, the Cody Bushi J white match, one of the best matches I've ever seen uh, in my life. Um, I, I was just, it, it didn't even matter that the dome they couldn't cheer. Um, I still got the feeling for it for it being the dome. Um, I, you know, loved the 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 performances from you know a lot of the wrestlers. I thought guys like Shingo and Jeff Cobb really you know hit very high. Um, and um, you know, seeing seeing the end like with, with Ibushi, it was like the right person won. Uh, at the end of the day with this and that goes a long way and uh flat out it was like i thought the show was incredible i thought it was i i liked it better than last year's wrestle kingdom um and it was just like i didn't even notice uh, that the you know i don't want to say i didn't notice that you know they couldn't make noise or anything but it just felt really big felt really grand and it was uh it, it was a really fun show to watch yeah, uh, the sh- the matches that I watched all were excellent. Um, I I ended up watching. Well, there's one match I didn't think was necessarily excellent, but it was still a, it was still a very good match. Um, I ended up catching um, the Tanahashi match, the Osprey Okada match, the um, the double belt main event from night one, the double belt double belt main event from night two. Um, I skipped past uh, the uh, the. U.S. belt title defense between Kojima and um and Kenta, but I did watch. I skipped to the end of it, and I I saw that like he outpaced that man with a slap, gave him the uh, the bicycle knee. He kicked and he gave him a GTS for uh, to hold on to it. I also saw the Pell Rider, <laughs> John Moxley, the Pell Rider, uh, um, and his promo. Um, and then night two, I, I ended up watching like the last three big matches and, uh, I can't remember what else I watched, but yeah, I, it was, um, everything I watched, I thought was, was at worst, very good. And then at times like incredible, I thought the best match was, uh, was Okada and Osprey, but, um, I still, there were still like four matches that were like, you know, like four and a half or better the stuff like, oh, I also watched the, uh, the never match, of course, and never match is fucking incredible. So, yeah. um, yeah, just, a just, a you know. I still wish they had did more with Ishii, but you know, it was still a great show. Still great shows, plural. Yeah, so I, I guess a cool way to do it, we can swap main events. Um, okay. Like we can go uh, day two main event, day one main event, semi, semi, third match, 
third match, fourth match, fourth match. Now, so I guess we can start. I'd, I'd like to at least start with Kota Ibushi and Jay White on day two. Um, just, just an incredible match. Five stars. Um, I don't know what it is about, about this match, but um, they just kept fighting and they kept going and kept pulling you like deeper into the match. I think with every twist and every turn, uh, the the all the interference stuff worked. I thought um, I thought it was smartly wrestled by by Jay White. This, this is a uh, my favorite Jay White match ever. Abushi, um, of course, like you're just rooting for him to just beat the fuck out of this guy, and he does. Uh, he, he he hypes up at the end. Match goes really long, but for me, the match going really long added to the epic nature of this. If there's somewhere you're going to go really long. Uh, let it be the biggest match of the year. Let it be Russell Kingdom's main event. I'm not going to tell you to to cut it down or chop it down unless it just flat out his ass, which was this one was very far from. Abushi uh, K- finally. Uh, I've been watching Kota Abushi since 2015 and watched a lot of his career. Uh, you know, just doing different types of research. This is man has always been one of the rawest wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. And to see him finally, you know, get on that, you know, get both belts and was really cool. And to see Jay White like in there kind of be like this perfect foil for him uh, that that second night was really cool to see. I think this is this is one of my favorite uh, Russell Kingdom main events for sure. Yeah, a uh, great match. I don't like it as much as you do. I, I was also spoiled by it, so it's a match that, like, I'm gonna have to watch again. Um, matches that I just... Matches, for me, typically, when I know the, the finish to him, I'm just like, I never... <laughs> I'm always like, I'm always like a quarter start to a half start behind the, to that most people. I'm just like, alright, whatever. So, like, a lot of these matches, like, when they pulled the ref when, after the... Uh, when they did the ref pull, I was like, I checked out on the match, like, especially because I thought, like, yesterday we were going to do the show, and I was up against it as it happened. I was like, bruh, wrap it up! Get the fuck out of here! So, like, for me, so a lot of, a lot for me was, like, I was pissed. So I was like, hey, man, like, four and a half, get the fuck out of my face. But it went 45 minutes, I'm like, it went 45 minutes. Like, the last Rose Kingdom match that went that long was, like, o- Omega in um, Okada, and I was like, you know, what they say is, like, uh, 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 comparisons to Thief of Joy, and I was like, "You're you're going as long as them. You, how fucking dare you?" <laughs> so, so, I had, so I had a lot of shit. Forty eight, actually. So I had a lot of shit. Like, yo, what are y'all yeah. doing? Longer, like, what are y'all doing? Going as long as this match? Like, it's Jay White, Coda. Don't don't do this. But yeah, like, yeah. there. Were, I mean, it was a great match. I would. I could. You could easily chop ten minutes off, or fifteen minutes off that match. But whatever. It, it's still a great match. Um, I I thought that. Uh, I, I thought that you know. Jay White, when it comes to these moments, like maybe he's best suited to be the foil at the end of these things. Whether it's can't you know the the uh, G one final last year, the or sorry two years ago um, against Abushi, the um the block final against Naito uh, two years ago, the um. You know the block final last year with against Ishii, where that he could, he had a chance to get into and no one wants to fucking see him there. Um, him versus uh, Abushi for the briefcase. This and I like 
he's at his best when he is like the final boss. He's the guy you, you, you know, you, that there's no one wants to see there and you put him in that spot to be the fool that you conquer at the end. Or sometimes he'll occasionally when you're like, well, why do you even do that? But yeah, um, that's the best suited. I, I, his, I think all his best matches are tied to stakes. That's why I like his, um, Russell Kingdom match with Abushi last year felt so flat. It was like, there's nothing at stake for this. This is a constellation match. And, you're, mm-hmm. and like you look at a lot of these matches, like they're not. It's not like he wrestles appreciably different or harder or better. It's just like right. It's, it's all tied to stakes for him. He's just a heel in the, the simplest terms, which makes me, you know, um, it makes me appreciate like how they push him to to the point where like he doesn't win most of these big matches anyway. They push they push him enough to give you the threat of, oh god, he's gonna come out here with this bullshit and on top for the next X amount of months. So. Like you know, they they do a good job with that, and I you know I like his I like his G one a lot more. Um, I thought last year's G one was his best G one so far out of the three he's done. So um, I feel like he's on the right track. You t- you told me some stuff about because I haven't followed any of the news like about him possibly yeah. leaving. Yeah, so um, I think it's a work, but you know um, we'll see. Uh, apparently he gave some interview after uh, the match, like you know the post Wrestle Kingdom interviews that are backstage in front of the media. Uh, it was an incredible interview, uh, basically talking about what he sacrificed over the last couple of years, uh, not seeing his family, all to lose, and maybe he needs to leave New Japan, and, and he's scheduled to, you know, to leave X amount of days or whatever. And the wrestling world, like, the rumor mill has gone insane. WWE's, like, got the full pork court press on him, allegedly. Um, they, you know, he's a perfect you know, WWE wrestler, like you slide him in easier to me than you ever would have a Kenny Omega or someone like that. And uh, some, some of this is like in the ring the, anyway. Yeah. I can see what you mean in the ring. Like this is the, uh, uh, when I saw all this, I was like, Oh, this is the Kenny Omega playbook at play. Like, this is like, you give the guy something after wrestle kingdom, you know, when he loses to give him some attention rather than usually fucking loss go away. Uh, cause you know, Kenny played Melzer like a fiddle, uh, in 2017 into even doing an interview on Observer Radio to announce that he was not going anywhere, right. uh, which was funny in, in hindsight. Um, but uh, with Jay, like, it, it seems like it's, uh, you know, it's gone through the different stages of this is obviously a work. It's gone to, like, Meltzer having to cover it legitly uh him not being sure if this would up was this is up in the air new japan not saying a word so that could mean it's an angle um we, hit, we did get a question on it my uh, question is this the, i mean okay, okay let's get to the question now then i guess because it might fit into because you know a lot of times we do these shows where you know uh they have questions and we end up answering them halfway in the show yeah um, so this one like kind of takes it a different way, but uh, it comes from the JML. What's up, JML? He said, Rich and James, Happy New Year. Hope Rich is COVID-free since he was around Dawkins for the Swerve City show. Yeah, I see. You <laughs> be around these NXTers pretty often. <laughs> um, so he said, if Jay White leaves, obviously Osprey fills his role, but if he doesn't, how well do you think his his babyface run will do? Not as good as Will Ospreay's babyface run would have went, but whatever. We're, we're, we've already written the band-aid off that. We've been talking about this for months. It's like, why would you switch that when the status quo is probably better than whatever outcome you do the other way around? Like, I don't think that they're going to care that that dude came out of the dojo to be like, oh, it's just another white guy. Like, <laughs> I don't think they give a shit. But, you know. Um, so, I think that I think that his babyface run has some legs now. Um, 
based off like the fallout with this interview, um, him kind of going away and uh, how you long know, is him buying, away, though? Do you, what do you think? He's advertised for shows in March from what I'm seeing. So, so he's like, gonna be gone for like two months. Right, but it's a whole thing like he might leave and, you know, there are people like losing their fucking minds at the possibility of him going uh, to WWE. Uh, hold, wait, and, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Are these people Western fans or are these domestic yes, fans? Western fans. What? So when's the last time in W in A or sorry in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling history did they give a flying fuck about Western fans? Would it be the night that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks left? <laughs> yeah, like I. All right then. I, I think this is like, like for me, this is things clearly an angle. Like this is clearly trying to dangle Jay White to say like, hey, he might you know go over there, so maybe you should care about him like and if he stays that like kind of helps increase his profile but like i don't know like jay white's never been like in america like he's never meant like anything as far as like and and i think that's oh no the eighth best wrestler in new japan may leave who gives a shit like (laughs) i I was gonna get to that i I was gonna get to that so like (laughs) like i don't think new japan loses a thing if he if he if he leaves or, or anything right right I mean, they lose, I mean, okay. They lose a dude they slotted to be a top heel and has done a good job in that role, right? So like, there is some, something to be said about like. You immediately fill him, backfill him. Like with like. I don't think. Like you have Carl Andrews sitting, or Carl, um, Frederick sitting right there. Right. (laughs) What I was going to say is like, it does suck that you lose somebody you invested in, uh, all that time and effort into to get into a certain spot and then they leave. But like, that's been happening to New Japan since 2000. What sixteen? Uh, when it comes to uh, them, like AJ Styles leaves, Shinsuke Nakamura leaves, uh, Shibata has to, Shibata ends up getting hurt and has to retire. Kenny Omega eventually leaves. Uh, 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 Kushida eventually leaves. The Young Bucks eventually leaves. Like leave. This happens. Yeah, um, but as them. far as like him turning babyface, I think his babyface run will go better now since that performance in the dome. I think bought him a lot of uh, latitude. Personally, mm-hmm. um, it, it bought him some real estate. Like as far as like, okay, maybe there is something about this guy that is uh, that I didn't previously see. Um, he's an official like dome main eventer in my eyes now. So um, it, it's uh, but as far as will. Um, like the only reason I thought that this might be like somewhat legit is like, wow, what if they like started preparing much in the way they started preparing Jay White, you know, to uh, assume Kenny's role kind of like by starting the unit early with, with the, with the empire and we can easily slot him in. And then if he leaves, like we've already got, you know, you know, they love a top bad white guy. Like they don't really <laughs> get into the, uh, the good white guy on top because, you know, like the last time that happened, he left the company after six months. All so, right. um, <laughs> it's, um, it's very interesting. Um, like that, that's the only thing I think, uh, as far as that, but I think, uh, like back to the match, I think the match was incredible. This was like, like it just felt like it, it, it felt right. Like as far as like the, 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 the pressure of the moment and, and the fallout, but, um, would be, it would be very interesting if he left. I don't see it though. I mean, at least I, not now. <laughs> my, my thing is like, if he, 
as far as New Japan will be fine whether he stays or whether he goes, so I'm not concerned about it. All that. I know is New um, Japan, like, say, say he is a free agent, like, and if they feel like they need to keep him because, like, um, they can't, it can't come down to WWE, and obviously WWE can offer more money, and I think AEW snooping around too, because, uh, according to Dave, like, they all wanted him back in 2018 when they were forming this thing. So, um, if you're New Japan, it can't be that you got outspent for this guy. Because then it's gonna, you know, what does that keep saying? You keep getting outspent for people. Um, yeah. And is and any him being twenty eight right now, I can understand if a guy's in his thirties, but this guy is still, you know, feasibly has his best wrestling in front of him. So, like, I think you, if you're New Japan and you put this level of investment in him, you don't want to lose him simply because someone pays more money right now, like. If it's if it's like three years from now and someone wants to pay more money, fine, get him into his thirties. But like, get these last couple of years out of him, especially like when his profile is as high as it is right now. I, I think that, I think that all comes down to if we do, if if the uh, if Bushi Road or whoever else, if the money is as um, believes him as much as let's say Gato does, right? Like mm-hmm. he's been presented in this way to pass roughly three years. Um, and like, if you were to compare that to what do you think is he actually, what he actually brings into the company financially, I don't think those two things track like in a parallel way. Right. And that's, that's fine. Like he's a heel who gives a shit, but, mm-hmm. um, I think that's going to come up against it. If it becomes a money thing. Cause you know, when it comes to it, it's like, well, what does he bring to us? Say, well, he's a guy that like, we, we, we push at his level and then we have our guys put over or go over more times than not on the, on the biggest shows of the year. Like, well, what's the value on that? Build another one. Like, you know, you know, how, you know how these people think. So, um, and by these people, I mean like anybody that, that always like does this management stuff. Like they always think that they like, can make another person is like, maybe, but, Eventually, gonna run out on being able to rebuild people like talent. Like the dude's clearly talented. Like, like in that kind of stuff. Like over time, like we don't take care of cap talent. Eventually, like the talent like, you do have on the contract, start looking around and be like, "Huh, I wonder what they think about me. I wonder, well, I wonder why this is the way it is." And then you mm-hmm. leave some falling out when like you don't keep people around. Like we've seen this with all types of sports teams and stuff. It's like. Damn, they got rid of my homie. He was really good. He's running around like, damn, are they really taking care of me in that kind of way? Like, what about my relationship? Because I really want this dude to stay. I want to do all this and the third with this person. So, yeah, um, I, you know, it depends on if they think about that holistically or they think about it just in terms of numbers on the spreadsheet. And we'll see. Um, but either way, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling still be the best pro wrestling bell to bell with or without Jay White. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know, man. Like, him and WWE, like, while I do think that he's a, he's like as good of a fit you could possibly get, uh, from somebody coming out of New Japan as you can possibly get, uh, to be a heel coming in to get, coming in the door. There's something that makes me think that Vince wouldn't care. Hmm. Like, do I think that he could get the AJ Styles, you get the bypass, uh, NXT, I, I think they probably want to go through NXT, and I'm just like, yo, I don't really want him in NXT. We have like, you have all the all the fucking heat in the world, and now you want to add another person for heat, like, uh, like you, you know, know. They, 
you know, Triple H tri- is probably drooling. You know, Triple H, you know, Triple H is like, you know how uh, football coaches are like, you can never, or, or baseball coaches are like, you can never have enough, enough like, hot fire, fire power arms in, in, in bullpen, in like mm. football courts, like you can never have enough pass rushing. Triple H's like, you can never have enough motherfuckers getting hit. <laughs> you, can, you can never have enough bad guys. Man. Yeah. So, like, you gotta be Triple careful H with can look in the mirror and be like, that's me in 99. Oh my 2000, god. 2000, that's me. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, and I, I think I'm worried, like, yes, he's a he is a good heel cutting promos for, you know, uh, impress conference stuff for like people that don't, um, that don't speak that, speak the language natively. Like, in like a lot of the best promo stuff are like funny and cutesy sort of stuff as opposed to like John Mox and Eddie Kingston going, <laughs> going face to face into the camera or shit like that. So it's like, it would take it would be an adjustment period as far as like doing that you know that dry sort of thing that he subtle thing that he does is like I don't know how it gets over an American audience when it's like you know or how well it would get over initially then maybe there'd be have to be some um, you know revisions to the Switchblade character or if it, it, they even go somewhere else with it besides him doing his uh, his normal thing but um, I, you know we'll see what happens like he's at his age he's as as good as he already wrestles the stuff he's already done like the world's at his feet it just depends on what he wants to do but i will say it i will say this it will be real funny after they've done all this pushing for these next batch of stars that came out the dojo at to the you know at the expense of guys like shingo or you know other people that weren't or or just or or sonata even that's like that weren't natively from the dojo to push these dudes and then all of a sudden it's like oh you i'm out of here <laughs> gone <laughs> later <laughs> Good I'd, luck be, with I'd that. be shocked if, if if he left so um but the night one's main event was Kota Bushi yeah. versus Setsuya Naito um so i thought this was another great match as well um I think that they basically they played into the reputation like we were going to see the most dangerous match that we've ever seen in our lives and all this other stuff. Everyone they they kind of put that out there in the media. And then what we got was this, you know, just a regular, you know, good match and like there nothing really dangerous at all. Like exactly. it was just like yeah, so like <laughs> it was so funny watching this shit. It was like they do all these fake, like oh, he flipped him over onto his head, and then like for some reason I listened to the American commentary because it's like I, I feel like I'm some things that I'm missing as far as storytelling, the track city stories that or whatever. That, like if I just watch the Japanese copy, I might enjoy like on from a visceral level more, but like I might need some of this stuff to be able to like recap whatever else. So mm-hmm. what. He he gives him the flip over thing. He seen that like Coda clearly got uh, Bushi clearly got his you know got the spike thing going right. And he's and then like Kevin Kelly's like oh he dropped him around his head. I was like bro he missed my foot get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then they did another spot. I'm like this is the same. Like I was like they're selling Kota that Bushi this is the dangerous tricking y'all man. Right. Right. <laughs> they're selling y'all that this is the super dangerous match as they're having literally the safest match you've ever had. And what I got and what I will say to them is I'm going to congratulate them both. And I'm also going to take a victory lap. Because back when them shits were happening, I was saying, these two are fucking killing each other on by accident or on purpose. They're still laying each other's necks and heads and stuff in 
those who can go out there and had not do none of this stupid shit and still have fucking classics and they went out there and still had themselves like a four and three quarter star match without having to do that shit and when the match and that match when um that Dominion match when um they had to follow that Dragon Lee Will Ospreay match when they fucking uh, almost killed Ibushi that was a, a four and three quarter star match too so I was like y'all didn't have, y'all never had to do this we told y'all and y'all was like, no, we want to do this dangerous lesson. No, you don't need to. Y'all are that good. Go out there and do it. Thank you. You prove, like, believe in yourself. I thought y'all supposed to be, like, in front of all these people and be so theatric and have all this charisma and all this confidence and swaggering bravado. But then when it comes down to it, y'all are like, well, I don't know if I can't do it unless I do my, my, two, my, my neck drop. Nah, bro. Protect your neck. Wrestle. Get off your asses and go for the gusto. Congratulations. Look, I, I still like their Dominion match more, um, but this was great too. Um, yeah, it was. I, I, I when I watched this, I kind of got interrupted during the middle of it, so uh, I don't have the fairest rate. I just have it at a four and a half right now, but I probably have to rewatch it. Um. But yeah, it, it was, uh, I, I like the, you know, the Kamigoye into, or the, uh, V trigger into the Kamigoye finish. Like, uh, it was, it was a nod, I think, uh, clearly put there <laughs> by Bushi. But, um, yeah, man, uh, so he, like, Kota Bushi is the IWGP champion. Like, uh, like, what do you think about, uh, all this? I think that um, while I am sad that he no longer does um, much flying at all anymore, I still think that he has such a um, imagination and flair for diversity in his matches that um, he'll still have great bouts with whoever he has on top. And for however long this run is, he'll have still excellent matches, um, depending on the right, if he gets opponent worth a damn. And like the matches will be different. It will not be doing a lot of the same stuff that like, for example, Okada was doing where he was just going out there and like, let me try to have the most epic, epic match I could possibly have without really being much dangerous, uh, from, you know, two or three years ago, or, um, try to do what Naito did when it's like, I'm trying to do all this family, a uh, family turmoil shit. Um, or whatever else that did just didn't land on this mark, uh, last year. So, I think, you know, you look at his G1 last year, and if you can give me a, 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 a batch variety like that, then, like, great. Um, but what I will say is I don't need Murder Ibushi to come out, like, every month. I need Mo- Murder Ibushi to be saved for, like, Russell Kingdom and Dominion. <laughs> like, and maybe a G1 final or some shit like that. Like, that, that needs to stay tucked. Same thing for when we get to uh, um, the Osprey, Osprey and Okada match. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, um, Sonata walked out on him on the second night. Yep. I, um, immediately wanted to tell Sonata, what the fuck are you doing out here? Why don't we bring Okada out here instead? Um, for new <laughs> but, beginning? Uh, he walked out on him after the Jay White match. Right, right. But I'm assuming that's for the next match, like the match that'll be I, for, I, be for I, new beginning. I know. I, I know. I, okay. I was, it was just like, Fuck the calendar! I want the matches. Like I'm like, like, like I don't like like fuck you. I'm I'm not like sorry, Sonata. Like no, go away. Walk walk back up the damn the ramp. Bring uh br- bring the uh the rainmaker out here. Like <laughs> um, but let's get to the semi main event for day day two. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori. A tale old as time. 
um, fighting for respect and, and something above the belt. Like, yeah. you know, there's a big star and then there's a champion and somebody feels like they ain't getting the respect. And I may shock people with this one here, but I was more impressed by Taiji Shimori in this match. I thought he was incredible. Um, it seems like he was fighting for respect. And to say, hey, I'm about to lose this fucking belt. Y'all booked this guy above me, you know, for, for however long, but I'm going to make him fucking earn it. And he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that, I think the, the thing of this match was to have him win or, you know, be on top for most of the match while you have um, Hiromu, like, selling incredibly for, you know, bad back, bad neck, bad knee stuff. Like... Um, when he slapped on, um, when he slapped on the, uh, the, the, the LaBelle lock, like, for the second time, like, Hiromu was incredible selling it. Like, you could have bought that as a finish. Um, it, it was, it was a great match. Like, you know, they, um, you know, I, I, I liked their matches earlier in the year, too. Like, the, like, the Jingu match, um, Jingu Stadium match. This was better, but, um, I think, I think at points the crowd, um, was quiet, and I can say the same thing for the main event of the show. Um, but like when it was time for it to to peak, the crowd got up for it. So uh, I thought I thought it was a great match, uh, another great match. Uh, Haram was just an incredible streak right now. Where like you put in a big match, it's gonna work. Period. At this point, he's he's that he's yeah. seemingly like one of the most automatic wrestlers we have. Um, and like, <laughs> do we need to talk about uh the plushie? Yeah. Uh, joint he wore. He oh like a baby God. ape. <laughs> Bro, when he walked out with that shit, that man walked out and looked like he was uh, higher than Stone Mountain. Like he, <laughs> he, he looked like a beanie baby. Higher than Mount Everest. Like, like you know how um you say that there's never a picture of Daniel Bryan smiling that he doesn't look high. Right. Like yeah. Hiromu was the same way. Like <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that man, like he wore the most. I, I just want to know what it costs, where he got it from, because like, like I don't know, man. It, this is still not like gear of the year worthy. It's just outrageous. It's like, yeah, it's what outrageous. the fuck are you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely outrageous. Like this is like he's like he's like he's like Macho Man Randy Savage, but like with less with less like taste. Like he, <laughs> like his whole thing is like I'm just going to wear bright, colorful shit, and like it all makes sense. But like maybe there's something missing in like you know uh, in the culture to where like over I, I, like maybe to them they think like he's a fly ass dude out there. But like to us, uh-huh. we're like nah, not quite. Like that's not that's not the you know, color jacket. That is not the, the osprey jacket. Like he's wearing like shit that you respect for the audacity. I think that's the thing. I think his thing is like he's going for mm-hmm. audacity. Than mm-hmm. more than like trying to be fly, which is like that's that's definitely his character. Like he's because he's all about the gusto. Yeah, so I went four and a quarter on this one. So I was um, at four and a half one. I I love the match. Like his selling, like uh, it's always gonna work for me. Like working uh, working Hiromu's neck is just always gonna work for me. I think I'm at that point for, for the rest of time. <laughs> and like you said, the same thing for um, Abushi's neck. Like it's like yeah, we know he's broken his neck before. And he does stupid shit in his neck, but like he still keep, does neck bumps. He's an idiot. Uh, so uh, semi main event night one, we got Kazushi Okada versus Will Ospreay. My God, um, you talk about like 
these dudes walking in there like, hey, this is the fucking dome. Like, <laughs> um, you talk about gear for both of these guys. Like, yep. just the contrast was just just incredible. Uh, with the jackets, Osprey's uh jackets that were you know, uh, the some some of the stuff he had was in tribute to like fallen comrades and uh just the color scheme on it was crazy. And then the match they had, it was like it wasn't this blow away athletic match. I think it was like. Nah, bro, I fucking hate you. Like, it, like it's just like, <laughs> um, I the one thing I knocked it for was the money clips. Just like every time the money clip happens, I just like say fucking stop, Okada, please, please. So, um, I went four and three quarters on this match, but um, this was incredible. Like, this was just like, <laughs> yo, they fucked each other up, and it was it was so perfect at the end with the Rainmaker. So, um. Hell of a match, and and Will Ospreay is like he arrived as a heavyweight. Yeah, this was the best night of Rose Kingdom that I, the best match on Rose Kingdom that I saw, in my opinion. I I thought this was incredible. I I love you know forget forget the part about like they come down there flies too dressed uh, on either night. Um, yeah. The part where Okada comes out and starts to match out, and he's like, "All right, all right, Mister Flip Guy, here's my fucking flip tie." Yeah. <laughs> I, Bruh, don't really I haven't do seen this Okada before. do that shit since like 2015 right. against AJ Styles or some shit. Right, and he just breaks it out and he's like, "All right, I got something for you." And then, like the the one B distraction, which is like, okay, you did your one thing, and then like she was, we never saw her again. Like she got her one yep. thing out when we knew that one thing was going to play into the, the finish of the match. She got the fuck away. Great. And like uh you you got sick of the money clip, but like I thought like the last two money clip uh submissions like were met you could buy those as believable match finishes and like the crowd bought into them like when Osprey like he's gonna pass out and literally grab Red Shoe's uh hand and then like at the end got got a swim the rope and the crowd was like that's mm. what got it to that's what made it peak to the next level. <clears throat> um you know, like to see you know Okada after not using the Rainmaker much at all since uh, January four, like finally break it out on him. Like it was cathartic, and like there was a part in the match was like you know we talked about you know we talked about like Murder Momo or we talked about Murder Abushi. Like the Murder Maker came out. I ain't never seen. I ain't never seen Okada want to beat a bitch up like this. Like when he, the way he pounded the fuck out of Osprey was like, yo, I didn't. I I. I had no idea. I had no idea, but it it was it was just it was a great match. It's a great match, and like you know, um, I'm gonna miss Osprey and the style he 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 came out and, and showed a lot to us uh, from 2018 through 2019. But you know, maybe it's maybe it's because of the, the Okada thing or whatever else. But if he if he can like push these buttons that kind of way, like. He might be able to do this for a lot longer than we thought he could. We thought his body was going to break down on him over time, wrestling that kind of schedule, wrestling that kind of way. Like he's he seemed to have figured this out for longevity in a way that we thought would have came after some of those things. Some of those choices were already made for him. So I feel very cool. vindicated. I always said that Will Osprey would be the one to push Okada into greatness going forward. Yeah. Um. And Okada on this night. He looked like the biggest star, like in the world, like you know, or one of them, like definitely in New Japan. Like anybody I saw come out, like just perfect gear, perfect hair, perfect tan, just like you see him, and it's like, 
well, how about all y'all assholes that were saying this man was washed last year? Like I, like this was a fuck you mode performance. This was like just a guy that was like, yeah, all right. I haven't touched a belt in a year. Haven't done anything. Y'all can do whatever the fuck y'all want with it. Well, I'm still Okada. As long as like they can actually figure out something uh, for me to do, I'm going to be incredible. We did get a question kind of on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, from Murray, he said, "What did Okada deserve to? What, what did Okada do to deserve uh, having to face evil throughout most of the new beginning tour?" <laughs> He's paired with evil. Yeah, so like it's like evils, like they're not doing any singles yet, but it looks like the singles may uh, show up at like Castle Attack possibly. But he's doing tag match where he's teaming with Yano. Facing Yujiro Takahashi and Evil. Oh my god. Um, okay, like so. The dice landed on fucking Evil. Like, so, um, was it 2018 when Evil beat, uh, Okada in the G1? Or was 2017? 17. 17. 17. Okay. So, you have that. You have, um, Evil beating him in the New Japan Cup final last year. So, I mean, there's a story at play. Like, I don't know what the, what the career head-to-head record is between them, but it was one twice. Um, and I think and they were they were spending a lot of time uh, fighting each other at New Year's Dash. Yeah, so that you're right. That's where it's headed. Um, you know, I imagine. A, well, it's different because the money clips involved. So, um. I mean, whatever. We've seen Okada versus Jay White in Gato, so like, obviously it's not nearly as good of a. Uh, obviously, they're better than um, Evil and, and Dick Togo, but we've seen him in that kind of setup before. Like if if you told me that he's going to cut down on the on the money clip and you know be you know the rainmaker now that he's beating his ass, beating Osprey, then like yeah, I, I think that those matches could be good and or. or uh, Either way, I think it'd be better than what we got with the Night Tail matches, but because it'll be a lot shorter. But we'll see. Uh, we'll I, see. I think Okada will figure it out. I feel like he's motivated this this year to like shut up a lot of the stuff uh, from last year. Like I don't even think Evil's going to be able to stop the, him. The wash, yeah, like he, yeah, he's lost stuff at thirty three years old. <laughs> like the dude, <laughs> like the dude that wrestles is like as safely as you possibly can in this era, and they still has these type of matches at thirty three. He's gonna be like, yeah, that's when he lays it down. Okay, he had the best match in G one. Most people think, oh, okay, like, <laughs> like, look, man, it's not his time right now. So he's like, I'm not I'm keeping some of these bullets in the chamber. I wish he hadn't. I wish he was still going out here killing it and like overshadowing what we're getting with the night till evil stuff. But he settled with Yujiro Takahashi fuck you supposed to do yeah um so we got evil and sonata james didn't see this match but i did uh i give it three and a quarter um i think dave liked this a lot more than i did i believe dave gave this four and a quarter uh no way in hell no way in hell i will say both guys did work hard in this match however it was the full evil experience it was everything uh it was like a best of and one mixtape of evil shenanigans in this match um, Sonata did try to fire up on him. He ended up getting the win over him. Yeah, I clipped. Wasn't I, terrible, but I, also like I was glad it was over. It was like move this shit along. Let's get to uh, you know, Hiromu Takahashi and then the main event. I was I, definitely uh, checking my watch. By the twenty minute call on this, I thought it had gone forty. 
see, I had zoomed through to the finish and saw that uh, Sonata gave evil and everything is evil, and then he went up and hit his moonsault and, and won. And I was like, great. I don't need to see anything more else from this. Like, I, I don't need to see anything else. Like, right person won. We can move on. Um, so, so yeah, like, I have no, I have no, I guess I'll go back and watch it eventually, but like, I, I, I just can't, bro. Like, that, that evil yeah. stuff. It's too, it's too formulaic and just like the same shit over and over and over. And it's like, look, man, you gotta have some, some type of switch up in your, in, in, in this. Like, the Jay White, uh, um, crowd was into it a lot on this I'm glad they were yeah. I'm glad they were because if not <laughs> boy uh, but yeah like I just just not it just uh, he wastes too much even wastes too much of my time over the fall I just in my or the summer in the fall yeah uh, so um, and day uh, day one's uh, third from the top Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the great Okan um, tell great Okan to burn those pants don't ever wear them again. Supposedly, those are his big match gear, so I don't know, but they suck. Um, but as far as this match goes, I thought this was a pretty good match. I went 3.75 on it. Um, Okan is not a stiff. Um, I saw nothing in this match to think that he sucked or anything like right. that. I thought he did a lot of, uh, you know, I thought him and Tanahashi told a nice story, and Tanahashi, like, you know, cleaned him up at the end. But uh, it but it took him like a lot to get it. Great Okan's not going anywhere. The Empire lost all their matches, as you guys yep. will see before we're into. But they're not going anywhere. Um, they are. I really like this group. Like, if those three guys are going to be like, all right, we got three different parts of the card, and whether or or two at minimum, if they link up Cobb and Okan as a tag team, I'm definitely here for it. Um, if they, they're having three different matches, uh, and you know, seeing what they did on this show, it's like, man, that's three strong parts of a card right there. So, um, you know, call me an empire fan, um, so far, but, uh, I, I like this match, uh, Tanahashi and Okan. And this was the big question mark, no pun intended, uh, with, you know, Okan's mask, uh, going into this show. And this was like a lot of, you know, Folks that, you know, are on our timelines and, you know, folks that are not following New Japan, even myself, like, just like, man, what the fuck? What, what are they doing with the ace? Like, why, why, why does he have to wrestle great Ocon? Like, and it, it looks goofy, but I like the guy's entrance. Um, I, I'm starting to, uh, like the great Ocon. Yeah. Um, He's he's um he's a good wrestler. I so like the stuff with you know I guess you know a lot of people had you know their antennas up for stuff Meltzer was saying, um, <clears throat> and Meltzer just wrong on it. But yeah, clearly a good wrestler. Um, feels like he's lacking something as far as uh, charisma in the ring. Like when he comes, his entrance when he's doing the you know like I don't know I don't know what it is. I would say something along the lines of like a drunken master almost, but um <laughs> but like he clearly has he clearly has like the theatricality part down. He can clearly do a lot of work. He he works in a way that's like a lot different from or not a lot different but different from um you know like the Ospreys or Okadas or uh the uh the shingles of the world. But like so like he can basically be a slow a change of pace person on the card and that's definitely needed as far as that variety um I I I just think you see more of them 
that, that's mm-hmm. really what I'm saying. Like, I, mean, I, I don't have a real fair judgment of him, but like from what I saw, like I thought the dude's a good wrestler and he had a good, he had a really good match. So, um, you know, I would say call it nothing but a success as far as like he's on the biggest stage of his life for for pro wrestling and he had a really good match. So yeah, he um, looked like he belonged. He looks like yeah. he's going to be there the next you know yeah 10 years or whatever yeah, but like and he clearly has a presence to him but like i don't know if that translates in a um a, from a charisma standpoint out to the crowd like obviously you know they have the a lot of the the, the question mark towels whatever else but like and obviously it doesn't really matter because he's a heel right now um mm-hmm. but i wonder like is there you know something there as far as being able to um uh, express to the crowd, to the cheap seats, or whatever else in that way, and you know, obviously, it's too it's too early to know that yet. But I wonder. That's what that's what his promos for, are for, like where he cuts them in the ring without a mic. Like <laughs> he's he does this thing where he cuts his promos and he has this big big booming voice, um, and it, it especially got displayed at New Year's Dash, like how they were yelling out, they they fucking destroyed. Uh, no, it was in Tokyo City or Tokyo Dome City Hall or something like that. Okay. So, all right. So, I got to ask a question. <clears throat> got to ask a question. He's cutting his own hair, right? He's got to be. Because no barber <laughs> that is worth that, that, Any that, is, that is worth anything. Not saying they wouldn't give that haircut, but. The fact that like his hair was different lengths at different parts is like, yo, nobody's hair grows like that. You are clearly cutting <laughs> your own hair with no regards for the fact that like, wh- like this part, this part is a one and this part is like a one and a half. And then this other part is like a half, like with no regard. And it's like, bro, I don't want to say these patches out there, but it's like, I can see this. And you know, New Japan's pro wrestling isn't in no 1080 H, uh, H, uh, P. Like this is some 720 shit and I can still see it. So it's like, and also like his joint in the back, that the tail in the back, like that's not completely like symmetrical as far as what's, 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 you know, there and what's not there. And it's like, yo, okay. So you clearly did this. Like, I don't, I don't think you can hand anybody but a a a, a child that and then get a, and they have it look like that. Like this was maybe, not freshly um, done. This was not freshly done. Maybe Minoru Suzuki can help him with uh, cutting the hair. You know, because you know Suzuki does the squiggly lines. I don't know who does his joints, but maybe you could point them in the right direction. Minoru Suzuki goes professional for that. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, speaking of hair. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi came out uh, with his hair looking perfect and more raw gear, looking like it was uh, influenced by some type of Voltron looking thing, <laughs> like some Transformers uh, thing. It was like red, white, and blue type gear that he had on. Mofi shit for the ace. Yep. And uh, the program going forward for him is uh, we're, we're going to get to this next match here. Shingo Takagi and Jeff Cobb. Shingo wins, and we're getting Shingo and Tanahashi next at New Beginning. And I've been fucking waiting. <laughs> like, when people were like, you know, when people were rightfully like, why is Okada doing, or Okada, why is Tanahashi doing this match with Grand Okada? Like, what, where's his thing? Are they, you know, and then it's like, oh, okay, so he did this, so he can do this. Alright then! I have, I have no, I have no, never no, ace? Never mind! Never mind, Gato! I'm sorry, Gato! <laughs> 
Look, Yo, the match is so fucking run? good, bro. The Ace yeah. versus the Dragon. Oh my god! Can I get a poster of that? I don't even. I don't even, I don't even know where to put a poster like that, but I just want one. Yeah. The Ace versus the Dragon. Shingo Takagi versus Jeff Cobb. I also gave this match five stars. Uh, this was another version of ROPW. This was just. Two big brawling motherfuckers dropping each other on their domes, wrestling, hitting suplexes, firing up, countering with strikes. Just over 21 minutes. Perfect match. Like, couldn't change a thing. And if Tomohiro Ishii wasn't going to be on the card, these boys must have dedicated this match uh, to, to my dog, the Stone Pit Bull. Like, I loved it. I thought this was, like, just... Up to up to this point, I thought it was uh like it's tied for me for the best match. Like this was like absolutely incredible. Um, I'm not five when I'm at four and three quarters. I thought it was the second best match on the on Russell Kingdom, but I, I I I'm with you. I loved every second of it. It was a joy. Um, there were parts of it where I felt like um. It felt like they kept repeating stuff, but it was fine at, at times or whatever else. Like, but uh, I thought it was, I still thought it was incredible. Um, just, and I, I did like the um, the story of like Jeff Cobb is that big, that impressive, and that strong to where like Shingo can't, you know, Junior, junior Shingo him in, in that mm-hmm. way, and like Shingo had to figure out how to finally get this dude up after going around and around and around for uh, 21 minutes of just crazy wrestling um, as far as his bad back. And, like, eventually he got him up and he, <laughs> he, came, he came last to the dragon. So uh, I, I thought it was a great match, really great match. Uh, I, you know, I can't wait to rewatch this thing at some point. But, yeah, it was it's going to be yeah. one of the best, like, sub-25-minute matches you're going to see this year. Yeah, I've never seen a better Jeff Cobb match. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely the best Jeff Cobb match I've ever seen. Yeah. Definitely. And with him being this, having this new heel role, like he doesn't really have to do much in the way of talking. He's the third guy in his unit now, so he just has to be big, brolic, and for a former Olympian, um, those are nice traits to have. Um, <laughs> he can pick up anybody, and uh, I think you know what you talked about with with Shingo not having that advantage like he normally does, like him having to figure it out was a, uh, was something I didn't even think about going into this. And then when you see him in the ring, Oh, it's like, yeah, motherfucker. Like Jeff Cobb's fucking it's, huge. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. And another thing that's funny about it is like, we're so used to, you know, obviously it's new Japan pro wrestling and like a lot of this is sports based. So a lot of people, you know, it's not a clear heel face dynamic all the time, but like, Shingo effectively for most of our time watching him has worked his ring work and the way he has positioned himself in the ring is has been working as a heel and wrestling on top the person that gets the heat and like to watch him in this match have to fight from underneath and then figure this out was very impressive in a way and like in a way that like we really we've only really seen what like his match with um with show at uh, what was that? Was that Jingu? That wasn't Jingu. That was Dominion. Yeah, yeah. His match with Dominion, where like Show was like, "I beat you the second time. I clearly know how to beat you." He got overconfident, and then like Shingo figured it out and beat him at the end. But that was only for a short amount of time. Like this whole entire match was dedicated to Shingo trying to figure this out on how he's going to get this dude up in the air to drop him. 
Uh, so I, I, it was a, it was a great match, great match. When does Shingo Takagi go on the Hall of Fame ballot? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> Shit. I mean, when he already this is one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. Right. Like when so he already be eligible, he's though? entered that status for me. When he already be eligible? I would think he'd already be eligible. Like I didn't know if he may, it may have fallen off before, or you know, haven't been in Dragon Gate, or he's probably someone who's never. He's probably someone that was like, yes, he's been up, he's been in the results for Observer, he's been around for over a decade, so you know, blah 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 blah. Um, and it just so like he's never garnered the votes or whatever else because of you know the thing and uh or whatever else because of you know Dragon Gate so small, but yeah. That dude has been JML. Let us know uh, what what has happened with Shingo as far as Hall of Fame voting. If you know he's ever come on the ballot, yeah, like that dude clearly is somebody that's like, yeah, that's one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. Um, And that dude wrestled somewhere really small, but like, you can't tell me that his two thousand what the end of two thousand or when he came in two thousand eighteen until now, like he has been one of the very best wrestlers in the world. He absolutely has been. Consistently too, Look, consistently, and, and probably like <laughs> you start digging into you know more of what he's done uh, earlier in the decade. Like he's got matches against everybody from Gargano, like Daniel Bryan to Brody Lee to Johnny Gargano to everyone in Dragon Gate USA. Yep, um, all stuff that I'd love to start digging through. So <laughs> you know, when you see uh, me that picture of of him and uh, Gargano on a post, you know how fast I went to YouTube to try to find that fucking match. <laughs> it wasn't there. But I was like, damn, all right, well I guess I have to like I'll do some digging of you know. Yep. So um so we got Kenta versus Kojima for the IWGP US uh, right to challenge briefcase. We had Mox in the dojo in, in LA uh parading around with the with the red belt. I want and- a picture I want a picture of him and Shibata together. <laughs> Are they both doing the pose? Like, like sure, whatever. Yeah. I just, I just want to, I just want to say that there was a, there was a place where they were together at one point. That's all. Yep. That so cool. basically, he he was like, yeah, I'm coming for whoever wins. And um, these two had a nice. This was a professional professional match here. Uh, so I went three and a half on it. Okay. Um, I I thought it was a good match for what it was, and you know, Kojima got a moment to have a you know late career match in the dome at 50 years old. He didn't embarrass himself. He was fine, more than fine actually. And uh, uh, Kenta got the win here, uh, retained the briefcase. Uh, The junior tag titles from day two was um, Master Wato and uh, Ryusuke Taguchi taking on. Despy and Kenamaro. Yeah. This was just there for me. I just gave it an even three stars. Solid work. Nothing too flashy. Watto did a couple uh, impressive things. But, um, yeah. Um, what about the tag, the heavyweight tag match from night one? I, I was about to get to that next. Say, that match uh, good G-O-D, as hell. Yeah, versus Dangerous Takers. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. Um, I went three and three quarters on this. And I thought G.O.D. Uh, was awesome in this match. Um, I liked Tangaloa's white gear, and this uh match overachieved for me. Like I didn't think it would be anywhere this good. It was like you kind of look up uh, as it kept going. I was like, oh, this is actually uh, pretty solid. Like get into it. It was a it was a hill versus hill match. Whereas like Tai Chi's the most like popular person, so it's like, all right, how do we get Tai Chi in here to do all of his cheat spots? Because he's not gonna not do his cheat spots, and then like get heat on him and then go from there and like I G.O.D. I, I thought they did a really good especially I thought this is probably the best I've ever seen um Tangaloa mm-hmm. um 
I, I thought, I think, like, if you go back and remember when I was doing, um, NXT Then Now Forever when he was in 2014 as Camacho doing, um, that, that little mini TV feud with Adam Rose compared to where he is now. Like, I don't know how he hasn't ended up as some type of candidate for most improved wrestler in the Observer, but like, you, over these six years, my God, like, <laughs> Like he used to be sorry as all hell. Now he's now he's a very good tag wrestler, a very good tag wrestler, a damn good tag wrestler. So it's like, yeah, um, <clears throat> like just because you're in a certain spot as a wrestler and certain with certain people, like just because it don't work out there doesn't mean you're done. If that's if if you don't want to be done, like you can find other places to make this shit work for you. And like he's he's you know obviously he had to you know get on the road make this shit work but like he's making it work he's done a great job and um you know dangerous techers you know you know it's time to break them up and kind of add to this or you know potentially break them up add to um what they have because you know like there's a lot of saber matchups they have a lot of tread on tires with right like the only person he's really burnt it out with is probably like tanahashi sonata and osprey but osprey stuff a lot of that was in uh england it was a lot i feel like um he wrestled, he's he's been in his block a lot. Yeah, he's been in his I block think, a lot. I think they've run it in the New Japan Cup before as well. I'm not sure, but mm. um, but yeah, I I think uh, getting Taichi back in the singles is, is a good idea too. Yeah, and it seems like Suzuki Goon is kind of getting like with the rise of the Empire and them being positioned opposite of Bullet Club for you know a lot of this. It seems like they're. Leaning the the baby face Suzuki goon kind right, of right right secret. I've thought about this too because it's like dangerous checkers. Like it's such a fun tag team. Like Suzuki is like a is like you know he's he's the cult legend now. Like yes, he's gonna come out and like in the first five minutes or eight minutes of his match, he's gonna get you out to the ring, push the ref down, grab a chair and break and, and smash across your back. But then after that, like he's gonna start wrestling again, like. So like get let him do his, get his goofy heat spot and then he goes off and you know does his great wrestling. So yeah, and with Desperado, from what we saw over uh you know um uh best super juniors like that's a dude and what we also saw in like New Japan Cup like that's a dude that like if they whenever they want to push the button on him as far as being a you know elite level junior which he pretty much already is like they ever really wanted to go with him and be like all right you could be the guy now that. Hiromu leaves. There might be a potential there. Obviously, there's no replacing Hiromu in that division. But with Sho, mm. with Yo, with uh, Ishimori, you know, potentially other people that might show up in the next year or so uh, not, that we've talked about off air. No, no, we can wait. Like that, mm. that junior division can still be stable, especially when you get the foreigners back. Uh, yeah, and uh, someone like a Leo Rush, maybe. Yeah, um, Leo Rush. So um, more consistent, uh, Ryu Lee. There, yep. Uh, the KOPW four way absolute trash. Shouldn't have wasted their time it. with this. Didn't watch it. <laughs> Didn't watch it. What, what happened? Yeah, absolute, absolute, absolute trash. Nothing. Like <laughs> who's in it? Um, who else? I, okay, uh, it was Bushi, okay. uh, Toriano. Oh god, Bad Luck Fale. Oh and my Chase god. Owens. Oh, oh so like oh, we, we couldn't put like. Suzuki, Ichi, like Goto, hey, nothing. Hey, like, man. okay, okay. Hey, you, all right. said, so, you said like, it they wasted my time uh, uh, <laughs> with, with this at the dome, this trash. So Rich, I'm not going to dignify them Rich, with a review. Rich, you said that she's a, you can add Suzuki or Ishii or Goto. What makes you think those three want to be involved with this nonsense? 
was like, you know, you push you on the card, and she inserted it. What is it? King of Pro? No, I'm good. No, no, no. Should have booked me better. Yeah. Should have made better. Yeah. If you want this, if you uh, want to tell me your experience, <laughs> then then you got to do things yeah. right the right way. <laughs> if you want to do it that way, I will not be there. It, <laughs> I got to see these joke. you want. Um, So, um, uh, opener for night one, uh, EOP versus El Phantasmo. EOP flat out one of the most athletic guys just does like dope shit and shit to piss people off. And, uh, I enjoy this guy a great deal. And Hiromu was awesome here as well. Uh, I went four stars on, on this opener here. And, uh, you know, this was night one. So Hiromu basically, uh, went back to back both of those nights. His next challenger is going to be show. Um, at yes, new sir. beginning, so that's going to be really good. Oh yeah, uh, but uh, this match was good as well. It was a great way to kick off Wrestle Kingdom, and uh, you know, I believe uh, the Dot Chad Matthews always exalts like the 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 uh, when when there are great openers on a card, it means a lot. And you know, uh, usually in that opener spot for Wrestle Kingdom, uh, it started kind of changing. I think around Wrestle Kingdom thirteen, where they went with Osprey and Ibushi in the beginning. Yes. I believe last year they did uh some something with the Liger thing, so don't really count that. But this was kind of in the vein of uh, an Osprey Ibushi type thing. Uh, before that, you would normally see a lot of like junior tags, maybe yeah. open yeah. Fatal Four Way stuff like that. But uh, this is really really fucking solid. This was um uh I, I like ELP a lot. And I think he's going to get his hands on the belt this year. Uh, clearly, uh, with him taking that loss, like in a kind of like a, a reverse reversal of a roll up move, kind of designed to protect him uh, for you know whenever he can take the belt off Hiromu. But I feel like this isn't the last time we've seen these guys run it this year. Yeah, um, I think that. I see some of the things that Josh Smith sees as far as um, not being all aboard the ELP train. Um, like Phantasmo's great and he does a lot of cool stuff. I don't think he can harness all of it. Um, I think I think he's he's overambitious compared to what his actual um, acrobatics can pull off from time to time. Um, so, like. Other times in tags, like you don't really notice it, but in the singles match going that long, or even watching like um, a, a couple of the ma- the Leo Rush match I, I watched um, for best or Super Super J Cup, like you, obviously he was rusty or whatever else, and he also did some spots to, to, to play off the fact he was rusty. Um, but he's a step, or physically, he's a step behind the Hiromu shows. You name it, at the top of that division, but. Like I feel like he has a better, um, or he has a he's more imaginative on the things he can get into and out of. It's just eventually like he has, he's gonna have to find a balance. But like still, this I great think his transitions kind of stink. Like right, and, and so <clears throat> even while I say all of this, like I'm with you on thinking this is like a three and three quarter star matches opener, and like this crowd did them no favors. Like um, <laughs> this, 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 like I like this match. This crowd was so damn the eyes and stuff was happening. I was like, yo, are they that hyper attuned to the fact that he's like, you know, missing like 15% on this or that and the third and that's what's fucking with them or what's going on here. And then like, it's like, nah, it's just like, there's that many people here, James. Relax. So, <laughs> I, so, it, it, so, and it's also the opener, right? So, um, 
so, but anyway, like, yeah, I think, um, I think he's like, I think he's great. I feel like if you want to do some great stuff with ELP, you have to have him in the ring with someone else as good as him or better. If he's in there with somebody that's like, he's unfamiliar with whatever else it could, it could cause a problem. Like, uh, uh, and maybe it's still some rust cause he hasn't wrestled that much still. But, mm-hmm. um, I feel like he's better suited, uh, for tags like he was doing with, uh, Ishimori. But either way, like, if you need to get a match out of him, he can get you a match. Cause it, he ain't, cause he's not suffering for lack of ideas. He got, he had all the ideas in that, mm. uh, in that opener. Like for an opener, he's like, God damn, bro. Say, what about, <laughs> what about no, nigga. it's the dome. Like, yeah, he, he <laughs> rushes like, that, that wasn't a long match neither. That match was like 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That man put a lot into that 15 minutes. Yeah. It was like, Hiromu was like, all right, do whatever you do. Like, I'm going to just be here. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, I'll, I'll hit you when I gotta hit you, but, um, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, I, I liked it overall. So, yeah. uh, overall, I, though, I, wrestling, I'll, I thought fucking one ruled. Thing. One more thing about ELP. Yeah. As far as the work stuff and as far as like saying, like, you know, he needs to rein it in, as far as his character as a shithead, incredible. No, no. I love it. Perfect. Incre- yes. Perfect. Perfect. I want, I want that dude to be tagging with Hybrid 2. As soon as possible. <laughs> like, I want that dude to be tagged with, like, 2018, 2019 Kyle O'Reilly as soon as possible. Yeah, man. I, I, I want him annoying the pure elitist. Like, yes. it, it's just, he's incredible, like, at, at that stuff. So. I want I want him tagging with 1995 Chris Jericho as soon as possible. Like all the peak levels, all the peak level shitheads that I can think of, I want him working with them from past or present. He's he's that good as far as being annoying. He really is. He's great at it. Yeah, he's uh, like overall. he's so good at it. That it's like it, it it makes me like him. That's how good he's so good at it. He makes me like him. Uh, Russell Kingdom ruled. Um, yeah. you know, I had, I had my reservations going into it, but, um, I'm, I, I'm, fe- I'm feeling a lot more positive about New Japan, uh, going into this year with, uh, it's like the main event scenes kind of, you know, going to change up a little bit. Freshened. Rise of the Empire. Uh, I don't yeah. know what happens to Naito from here. He's, they kind of, you know, have him taking it easy. He's getting paired off with like the third guy in some of these tag matches and I don't, they don't have an immediate program for him right now, but, um, uh, he's very popular. He'll be fine. <laughs> um, and I think, uh, you know, I, like I said, I like the, the rise of the empire. I like seeing Okada, like where he may go next. And, uh, you know, the, the ace, the, the never ace. So let, let, let's see, let's see if Tanahashi is, uh, going to stick around long, long for that. Or if this is just, you know, part of Shingo's, uh, you know, voyage here until it's time to elevate him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think this got everything out on uh, New Japan from Russell Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess it's time to transition over to catching up on some of the stuff from uh, AEW. Um, we miss. We have to talk about the um, the Brody Lee tribute show from the t- was that was it the sixteenth? No, the twentieth. Uh, no, the thirtieth Sunday. Was it the thirtieth? Yeah, you're right. Thirtieth, thirtieth, thirtieth. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, man. Um. I thought it was a great show. Um, I see people say uh, say this is like one of the all time great television um, wrestling shows all, of all time, and like I get people, I get people's uh, catharsis for it, but I'm just not with them on that. But I thought it was still a great show and one of the better shows in AEW history. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm right there with him. Like, this is one of the best, like, shows I've ever seen. Like, you talk about, uh, definitely the best wrestling tribute show I've ever seen. Um, but just as far as, like, dedic- the goal of the show, uh, was to make, you know, Brody Jr. happy and, uh, for the, you know, wrestlers to show their love to their fallen, you know, uh, comrade and, and let fans kind of feel that, you know, that love with them um for someone like mjf to to and eddie kingston to still work this into the pro wrestling context to make them want to you know eat shit and let all these dark order guys like win throughout the match um and then you know that the end with them pre- present presenting the belt to brody jr and uh, his wife was out there and uh, this is just a, a an incredible night of wrestling uh the eric rowan appearance uh him coming out and it was just like, why wouldn't he be there? And it was, it was just like something that I think AW is like gonna like deserves like some, you know, some heavy praise for this. And I, I feel like that was something that they did and, and showed, you know, wrestlers everywhere like, Hey man, you come here. Like, you know, you can say a lot of stuff like, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, call businesses or workplaces family, right? And you should always be aware of that. Um, and, and be cautious of, of that. Like when they say that family stuff, uh, because it's not a family. Uh, but for this night, it, it at least felt like it because, um, just every wrestler I felt like tried to have, tried to work their asses off under immense, you know, emotional pressure. And someone like seeing like John Silver break down like that, knowing he pretty much has a career now because of Brody Lee, um, Anna Jay breaking down the middle of the matches. Uh, I, for me, I thought, I, you know, I was saying, um, 10, go ahead and unmask during the main event, like Masawa, and you can be a top star during this. Like, <laughs> but, um, yeah, this was, uh, this is one of the best nights of wrestling that I ever saw. And I was like, I was very happy to be a fan of, of AW and uh, very happy to, uh, you know, for, for Birdie Jr. to see how much his father was, uh, beloved by everybody. And and the craziest thing was like when they were showing uh the the pictures of him with all the WWE wrestlers there like on the show and like that was like a really cool moment that take you out of like you know this dumb wrestling war. Yeah, uh great feel good sh- great feel good show. Great feel good show. Um but going into the new year, of course, everything got pushed back a week, so a lot of the stuff was supposed to happen um instead uh, I know yeah. James didn't see the whole show here, so we'll like kind of condense this portion here. But um, the SCU storyline from Dark made its way to um the main show. Uh, they teamed up with the Bucks to take on uh, Jack Evans uh, and Helico and the Acclaimed. It's an awesome opener. I probably went three and three quarters on this, and uh, the Bucks and SCU ended up getting a win and um. SCU basically announced to the Bucks, like, essentially, we're coming for you. And the Bucks are like, right on, man. And, you know, it's like a big, you know, kind of babyface moment. And they fill you in on the next time SCU loses, uh, they're going to break up as a team. So that's going to be very interesting to chart that. Um, we got the return of John Moxley cutting a promo, basically. Uh, he was pissed off. He was not happy. Um, <laughs> you know, this is the first time we've seen him since he lost the belt. Basically said, um, you know, he's not going to get in Phoenix's way. 
He's not going to interrupt another man's destiny, essentially. And he basically builds up Ray Phoenix, kind of helps him, you know, give him a little juice before the title match. And uh, basically says that he's coming for Kenny at a certain point. And, like, you already know, like, I'm, I'm coming for you, essentially. And then um, I'm trying to think of anything else that was newsworthy besides the main event. I am pulling up my recap right now. Um I think that uh hold on. <clears throat> fun ties, fun ties. Get your merge. Get your merge. Get your merge. Get, get your, your merge. Um What was I gonna say? Yeah, uh I for go back to the um Brody Lee uh tribute show. The was it the Adams? Was it the uh, Silver and Reynolds and Hangman Page match? Was an incredible match or the awesome yeah. match? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I would say out of the, out of that show, that'd be the match I would I would definitely recommend out of that to go back and check out if you have not seen it yet. Uh, that was for, from the quote unquote in great work uh, perspective. That's the, that's the match on that card to go to. But outside of that, like it was, um, it was mostly good wrestling. Uh, for two hours um, with all these different members of the Dark Order and they all went over in a way that is like it's a fucking tribute show like all you know his comrades all go over like it's a feel good moment for that um, and it, you know, a lot of touch of things like um, Cody and Tony Khan uh, with uh, Negative One this is a name this, this is a thing yeah. right uh, Brody's uh, oldest uh, child um, putting his boots in the ring like that—that that was very touching. Like I got choked up watching that. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. A, it was a great night. It was a great night. Um, the War Dog. Uh, the War Dog. Uh, beat Jake Hager, and as much as Jake Hager wanted to try that, uh, it, it, I I feel confident in holding it up and saying the War Dog does not miss. Still, mm. um, beats mm. him with the F10, sends mm. him packing, and mm. you know these two big horses. You know they they get it out of their system. And basically, we get another storyline beat of Hager being extremely frustrated after the match. Um, but however, um, MJF goes up to him and, and lets him know, you know, he appreciated his effort and stuff like that. And basically, Hager was tearing up uh, the locker room area, essentially. And this was another, you know, someone else's trust that MJF uh, is gaining. And as you start, you know, looking around, I feel like a, a, a an insurrection uh, may be happening. In the- <laughs> oh, oh man. Man. serious question! Was they might be throwing like- Chris Jericho out on his ass. Serious question, because I, I I don't remember, but I I think this was the case. But but even, even if it, this wasn't the case, it sounds like it was insurrection. The name of like a early two thousands WWF pay per view. Yes. Was it or does it sound like it? No, it was. Okay, there you go. It, it, was, not... the, it was a UK pay-per-view. That's right! Okay, I know it wasn't crazy, but it was like, this shit, this word sounds like some shit the WWE would have put, like, Vengeance, Judgment Day, Destruction, like, <laughs> this all these big-ass, these like, not big-ass words, but, like, these, these, like, these words that connote, like, violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this. Love the slap. WWF love to put that that right on the slap and right on there on the back of it. Violence. Was there ever a violent pay per view? A WWF violence? 
<laughs> they should, right? Um, right so Private Party and Snoop uh, had a moment together. He walked up to them with some juice. Is and that right? it was Yeah, because, you know, applying that they, they they said they only had the gin, and then uh, Snoop walked up with the juice. That was pretty cute. Um, and then Matt Hardy showed up with contracts for Private Party. So essentially they're running in a gimmick like he's their uh, – he's their agent essentially. So like, uh, in day, like the earlier days of like wrestling, like, uh, in the eighties and nineties, what would happen is, um, your trainer would book you out and basically get you started. And then basically you would have to give the, the trainer a little bit, a little kickback or whatever, you know, 10 or 20% as a booking fee, you know, to to start getting you booked and shit like that. And, you know, give them a little taste. So, uh, it's implied that private party has, you know, quickly scanned these contracts and Matt Hardy is like got a certain percentage of private party's earnings. So they have signed bad contracts. It looks like, so, um, this is an easy way to turn them bad babyface whenever they get a lawyer to look look at this shit. But um, so, it, it's pretty interesting, actually. So Matt Hardy <laughs> but they did it in front of Snoop, which I thought Snoop would tell them, "Hey, young blood, make sure you look at a contract." But they didn't say they, like Snoop didn't say anything. So yes, Matt he about to rip these boys off. So Matt Hardy is Jerry Heller. Yes. Alright. That's funny, because it's like, if anybody's gonna spot a bad deal for some young dudes getting into the game with a lot of potential, it, it would damn sure be Snoop. Snoop. <laughs> you think Snoop's still scared of, uh, like, even though he, you know, he's been pumped out, he's been put in and out of jail for the longest, you think he's still worried about looking over shoulder for Suge? Or you think no. He, or you think he's been over Snoop that? got shooters. Snoop, Snoop got shooters. Okay, okay. I don't. I don't, we yeah. Snoop does. Snoop Snoop could get somebody knocked off if he wanted to. Do you think he has him on 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 the residence? <laughs> I don't think he has him on the residence. <laughs> I don't know. You got to make a phone call or something like that, or you got to go holler at somebody to get that done. I don't think it's just like I got him on. I got him on site with me wherever I go. I don't think. It, I don't think he rolls like that in those days anymore. Um, so Darby Allen and Brian Cage did a weigh in, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, who and who million. did weigh in? Darby Allen and Brian Cage. James, I want you to guess the weight that they announced Darby Allen at. Is it, is it a, is it a overestimation? Is it, is it, is it, is it accurate or is it a lie? Oh, it's a fucking lie. Like, uh, Okay. There's no way that one, this is possible. One, and even if it was possible, it was from the skateboard he was holding in the fucking jackets and everything else. 175. Around that range. Like, it was like 170 pounds, 172 pounds, or something <laughs> like that. I'm like, pounds? <laughs> Darby's a smooth 145, that maybe. He's, yeah, welterweight. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, but. Um, they weighed in cage and he was at 272 pounds. That sounds like uh, shoot. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, Darby, uh, said he's been preparing for this feud for 27 years in the making because he's dealt with shit from people like Taz his whole life. Uh, they played a really cool video. Um, basically, um, you know, weighing in on this match, uh, on the road to, I believe it was, uh, and, you know, showing that this man's been building for like six months. Like, whether yeah. we know it or not, because like, you know, from 
Darby, you know, turning Taz's uh, advice down from right. the tilt pin and everything like that. Right. Like, this is, like, I'm hyped for this. Right. Um, I've been waiting for it. I've been waiting for it. So Darby said, basically, let's let's get to the shits because all y'all is here in the ring right now. I'm ready. Uh, basically, and slapped the skateboard on the ground, one to one to go. Uh, it's Team Taz circled him, and then Sting appeared, bat in hand, and Team Taz bounced. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> but Taz it's, promised it's, that next week we're gonna have a new TNT champion. So, like, is Sting like Omar from The Wire? Like, like, dude with a duster, snow comes down, dude in a duster, walks the street, he has a weapon in hand, and they're like, shit, Sting coming, we gotta get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently this is, um, I, I think people are, are, are kind of annoyed with Sting right now, cause he just keeps showing up and doing nothing. Right. Um, what, do you want to wrestle? Well, yeah, I guess they just want something to happen, but I mean, next week is the match that, you know, so I would probably say like, wait for nothing to happen next week, but, um, and that's not me kicking down the road. That's just like, Hey, the common sense thing is like right. the, the actual angle, something might happen next week, yeah. but, um, you know, the most over that sting was ever been, he, he didn't do shit. Yeah, <laughs> Man, I don't know if y'all forgot this or yeah, not, but, here. um, uh, they did a Cody Rose and Matt Seidel match. It was a little sloppy. It seemed like they were just a step off about the first half of the match. Mm. Uh, it was okay towards the second part. Cody did come to the ring with Snoop. They played a Snoop Dogg version of Cody's theme. Um, I'm sorry, you know, what? There is a Snoop Dogg version of Cody's theme now where Snoop's like rapping, whatever. He's, he's, rapping, and over, like they, he's rapping over the down straight? Nah, it's kind of like sampled into a rap beat. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's okay. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, he's obviously out there for the connection with the Go Big Show. Uh, right. You right, know, right. Cody ends up uh, getting a win over Matt Seidel, hits him with two crossroads for the pin. But during the match, like Luther and Serpentico basically get hit at ringside. So whenever Luther and Serpentico get hit, it's an angle alert because, uh, after the match, they immediately jump in and attack Cody. Matt Seidel makes a save and, and knocks Luther out the ring, but um, Serpentico's left in the ring, and I don't know if you've seen it, James. I, I believe you have at this point, but um, Snoop uh, decides to get in on the action, and as Seidel and Cody were holding him down, Snoop comes off the top rope um, and, oh, and basically no. leaps very high into the air and does a high fly flow and, and knocks and right on the Serpentico, and this is absolutely fucking hilarious. Oh no, is he all right? Oh, he, he's fine. But it he, was it was it was hilarious on the landing. Huh? He ain't fuck up his knees on the landing like that. Nah, like, you know, a, nah. A, 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 a slash went, hard on the knees. Snoop went to the top rope and like, bro, I was dying. If you haven't seen this, go out of your way to see this. All right, um, I'm watching. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, they they were playing it on a couple different channels, and it, okay. it got them some, so, you know, some buzz or whatever. So but it, when, was, it was fucking hilarious. All right, so has anyone had the discussion yet? I'm sure they have, but how many people discuss? Let me rephrase it. I'll ask ask you. How many discussions have you seen on Twitter about people asking when WWE is going to yank Sasha's theme music <laughs> down and change on, and move on to something else? Um, I haven't heard anyone say that yet, but um, really. 
So I, 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 do, first I do have like, a funny oh, yeah, story, though, about something being yanked. Uh, WrestleMania 24, I believe, has been yanked off the WWE Network for whatever strange reason. WrestleMania 24? Um, so Snoop was like the MC of, of like WrestleMania 24 or something like that. WrestleMania 24. WrestleMania in Orlando. was in Orlando, right? And that has yep. a triple threat match between um, Cena, Triple H, and Orton for the belt. Ric yep. Flair's retirement match. The yep. main event is Undertaker versus Edge. I think Snoop was involved in like the Playboy whatever match they had with the women. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, yeah. So I think we may have had a question um, on here. Okay, I guess we'll get to it here. Uh, but yeah, it, it was fucking hilarious. Um, it, good use of Snoop. Uh, Carlos Shida uh, beat Abaddon and defended it. Um, this was not good at all. Um, however, it was not. It was not good, but it was not. But there was like a certain charm to it because it was like they were just kind of going at it. They did some horrible shit in the beginning where Abaddon was biting her leg and yanked her underneath the ring, if I'm not mistaken. Like she was like crawling like and she like kind of got pulled into the ring. And at that point, I was like, get the fuck off my screen um, with this. But she came back and essentially like, you know, fucked her up from there and and beat her with the knee um we did get a question uh from mj does pr uh two actually he, he said for your careful consideration is darby mid does he know what mid means um i would say no darby is not mid <laughs> darby well, is a is a borderline superstar i, I would say well, so my question is well, my the reason why I asked if he knows what mid means is like if you know what mid if, if you know what mid means, then like you wouldn't most people wouldn't fix their lips to say anything like that about Darby in question in that kind of question. Like he's a very good wrestler. A lot of people love him to death. He has a cult following, obviously. Like he has a lot of things going for him. Like he's he's like one of the uh, better American wrestlers that are under thirty uh, as far as far as the star presence. Or star power about him, so like I don't. I would know like to see a fight in Darby Allen match. That piece of shit against Darby. I I I think there'll be a lot of arguments about what happens in these ma- in those matches between those two. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. If, I I don't know how. I don't. I don't know. I can't imagine. I don't know what a good like middle ground will be between them two. Like because Darby wants to do everything and JY wants to do very little except for get his ass beat. I mean, if Cody could figure it out, um, I think you know, I think that's a good approximation of. But of, but Cody wanting but the thing with Cody is Cody's willing to do virtually anything in a match, <laughs> or, or out of a match. Right, so it's like. Darby will do anything in a match. Cody will do anything in a match, and a lot. And I think a lot of, um, I think I think you know because Cody like likes Darby so much. Like Cody is, a, is usually on his best behavior to try to help get Darby over in his match. Whereas like Jay White, like I I don't think they I don't think they work the same way. Or Cody and Jay White are are not the same. You know, I think a lot of, you can make some comparisons between them as far as like. 
you know, they're, they're not super, uh, they're not necessarily super athletes, not necessarily super violent, they're not necessarily super, uh, flippy or whatever else, but like, I think that there's a willingness that Cody, an openness that Cody has in his matches that Jay White seems to not have. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking about uh, we're, like what is, what does Jay White look like, you know, in America compared to where he looks like in Japan, wrestling Japanese wrestlers. So it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's, it might be a stylistic thing just based off of where he is. It might be a circumstance thing. MJPR uh, does PR also says, should AEW do a double gold dash for both women's belts? No. So, do so you, they're okay. Go ahead. <sighs> okay. So. I, in the road to uh, New Year's uh, Smash Part 2, there's an incredible video package for Ty Conti and Serena Deeb. They make Ty Conti look like completely like someone that you want to invest in and start cheering for. And also knowing she's fucking dangerous at the same time because they go all into her background and show all these photos of her from when she was training, you know, in jujitsu. And they talk about Serena D being a coach, like, and her having a hand in training Ty Conti and all this stuff. And then Ty is basically like, man, you just worked in the building. Like you didn't fucking train me. Like it was, it was really, um, good. And Mm -hmm. this is actually a match that's booked for next week for the NWA women's title. So, um, the Thunder Rose and Britt Baker got put off because of like COVID stuff. So who's in COVID jail between those two? What's up? It's one of the, are one of them in COVID jail? Uh, Thunder Rose, I believe is. Mm, okay. So she may have been around somebody that you know had right. it, whatever. Right. But um, I I brought that up to say um, they've been doing these NWA women's title matches on uh Dynamite. Oh, for the past, you know, what, four or five months now? And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And over that time, I feel like every single one of those has outshined the AEW women's title matches on a except, consistent basis. Except for Thunder Rosa challenging for uh, Sheeta's AEW women's title. Yeah. I agree. Right. Whoa. Now, call me crazy, but maybe this is a way to eventually like i don't know if buy the belt out if if that is some type of thing that happens but to further boost the AEW women's title which has like no type of lineage or anything like that and it doesn't really have like the most it, it doesn't have a ready-made star walking into it like a chris jericho or a john moxley mm-hmm. it's it showcased it over a certain amount of time. If they're quote unquote merged or even, you know, put together at some point, Cheetah and whoever the NWA champion is are going to have to fight. So I wouldn't be against it. And I think it would be a way to build up the AEW title. If it was like merged into it or something like that. I I mean, uh, the fact that it has no lineage doesn't really hold sway with me because like the tag titles and the men's title have no lineage or have no lineage in it either like yeah um, but they have they have ready-made stars walking into all those though like they don't have those for the women like there's no like yeah i get you but like you saying that like by saying let's add in the nwa title that has who or uh serena deeb um like I don't think that Thunder Rosa. Like I don't think necessarily that um 
you already have them on your roster doing matches for you. I don't think you need their title to help elevate your belt or by or some or you doing a double belt situation is going to boost either title. I think that like you have their talent, you use them on your TV shows. That's as good as it's going to get until you get eventually just fleece one of them and have them signed to AEW full time. So like, I think I mean, you want to make Thunder Rosa your champion, then go go ahead. I don't care. That's fine. Like, and she's just quite frankly the second best wrestler you got right now. Um, that's that's in the states. That's available to you uh, in that division. So it's like, yeah, I can see that, but like, I don't think you need to actually mer- or merge the titles because also it's like once you do that, you have to eventually going to have to like separate them, and that's the problem we have with <laughs> every every title unification we've ever had in the history of wrestling, like. I don't think there's ever been a good like deunification ever, unless it's like a double crown from now on or whatever. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. What, I, that's what they, I would, that's what they I, want to do. I, and I then could they can, see them this being the plan. So, if that's what they want to do, and they want to send Hikaru Shida or whoever else to NWA tapings or whatever or shows, they get them more dates or whatever else and more, you know, experience. If it's on to someone like a Brit Baker that could use more dates or whatever else to boost her experience. Yeah. Um, on someone like Sheeta, nah. Or Thunder uh, Rosa, maybe, I mean, maybe, you could get, I mean, obviously maybe Thunder Rosa could do more because she's not that far into the game, but like someone like her, Sheeta, someone like a, um, Riho, like, nah, they've done a bunch of, they've done a bunch of wrestling. Like the other ones, I can see that as far as, but only for the part of sending them to Russell non AEW shows. But I don't necessarily think you need to even you necessarily have to put a belt on to do that. But if that's how you feel, then like yeah. But that feels like um, the only value I see in that is adding experience from doing more shows. I don't see it as it helps. And people's, I don't think it's going to sway more viewers to to either one, either of their products. I don't. And I I bring up the NWA Women's Championship because if you're just like a regular Joe watching in, it's like seeing the NWA Women's title and then the AW Women's title. Like you're trying to figure out how the rankings work. It can get confusing um, with everything you know there. Just just like where the fuck did this belt just come from? It's just there and then it just leaves and then it's on at random. So I don't I don't know like they. They got to figure something out, but I I would like to see you know a unification match eventually, if that's the way they go with it. Like, because that is a tactic I think you can use to lend you know credibility for a belt. Like you stuck it on TV for this long, you've you know built it up within your universe. It's not like it's this you know thing that's just popping in from the outside now. So, I would um, I would probably say if they've. I don't know. I just think that AEW is so much of a bigger brand than New, J- than New Japan, uh, than, uh, than NWA that is like, you're not, the favors that are being done are for NWA, not AEW. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, and we'll get to it later on. We talk about the impact stuff too, as well. We're just like, y'all are so much bigger than that. That is like, it's cool that y'all want to do this sort of collaboration thing, but like, if this is, if y'all get the creative fulfillment of doing certain things with people, cool. But like, as far as getting more people to the building, and I don't necessarily think that that's the number one. That's the that should be the end all be all. But like, if the idea is to, if the number one thing is to get more people into the building, I don't necessarily think that, or more eyes to the product, I don't necessarily think that's going to um, 
do it for them. Uh, but whatever, like, you know, if it's creatively, you know, fulfilling, then like go for it. But I, I don't really see how it could be considering that like you already have, you know, Serena and Thunder Rosa there and you already have had, um, uh, Allison Cage show up and do matches. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's the NWA thing. Like, maybe it was like, I don't know. Maybe it was like Tokyo Joshi Pro because, you know, the Yuka Sakazaki stuff, the Shoko stuff, the Riho stuff, because Riho probably, you know, might probably gonna end up back in Tokyo Joshi Pro. Like, maybe that, maybe that's more of a appropriate fitting. And also the DDT Kenny stuff after he's left and left New Japan and does, done, you know, the, uh, DDT stuff. Like, maybe that's a better fit, especially because it's like, there's a bunch of other wrestlers that are really good uh, and or and are super charismatic that will work um, in that way. Like Miyu Yamashita never sh- hasn't showed up to AEW. Um, Mizuki hasn't showed up to AEW. Maki Ito, who I think would be like the best like Japanese woman you can bring into um, American television that isn't a super worker. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that would be the. I feel like those would be like that would be like the best case scenarios. Like you bring in these people, you have, you know, some other stars that you're already familiar with a former champion in Riho, this other promotion prestige already, uh, people respect, um, that follow wrestling around the world, that sort of thing. You get, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of street cred with, <laughs> so I was like, so I like that could, that could definitely, that would definitely help them as far as, or I think that could buoy them as far as, uh, quote unquote, adding for some prestige, if you will, um, and also you know a roster of capable hand, or capable, capable hand, good wrestlers and people that could translate to American audiences. But um, the NWA thing just leaves me cold. It just does compared to the option I just threw out there because it's just like you're you're already bigger than them. Like just from the first show you did, you were bigger than them. <laughs> you know, so it's, 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 it, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Like. You know, I'm so sure. Year- I'm sure Tony Khan doing something like that, like he would he would do it better than I ima- than I'm imagining it. But like, because it's pretty much all he's ever done is do things better than I imagine it. But it's just like just off on paper, just like don't really care, bro. <laughs> so uh, next week uh, we've got uh, the elite in action. We're not sure of uh, you know. There's something go- going on here. Uh, so it's going to be a six man tag. Uh, also, we got the TNT title, Darby Allen. Uh, Brian Cage, NWA Women's Title, uh, Serena Deeb, and take Ty Conti. Uh, Miro versus Chuck Taylor. If Chuck Taylor loses, he becomes Miro's young boy. Um, up until um, the wedding. Yeah, a slave match. Another. Yeah, one. a slave match. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. FTR and Jurassic Express, they did an interview where Marco basically jumped in front of Lucasaurus and started yelling at. Um, I was going to fucking say FDR bald, um, fucking cash, <laughs> uh, you know, Dax Harwood yelling at him. And basically Dax Harwood was like, we're going to put you out of business. Essentially you're an embarrassment and all this other shit. So, uh, Marco stunt is going to be in there with, with fucking FTR. And I can't wait to, uh, to hear what Cornette thinks about this, but, um, and Tully of course riled up Marco stunt and Marco stunt has loads of charisma and year three jungle boy, get ready. We couldn't. We can't get a six-person tag. Nah, not right now. You I know, mean, I, no, I, I, mean, I don't. like you get Tully in there. Tully can do some things. I'm not saying he's taking any bumps or anything. Like try to use him. Like, throw a punch. Remember, remember how they used Bret Hart in 2010? 
God damn it. Like, God do something it. like that. Like, no, no, he can get in the ring. He can sell punches and stuff, but no bumps. And then, like, he can come out there and do his little thing. Like, he could do that. Tully can do, we know Tully can do that right now. He ain't, so, whatever. Either way, like, you know, it's, I'm sure it's going to be a really good match. And, you know, like, if it is one thing that, like, FTR knows how to do, is to get, it, it is getting heat on somebody like Marco Stunt. So, it's going to be good. Also, I imagine uh, be good. they're probably going to fly around for him, too, at some point. So, um, yeah. Pac and Eddie Kingston, uh, that's going to be really good. They had a part on the road to, um, that was like about a three minute interview portion that was really compelling, actually. Um, inner circle New Year's resolution. And then the waiting room finally makes it to dynamite. Britt Baker will be on with Cody Rhodes. Uh, can't wait for the waiting room to, 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 to get on here. So it's been awesome on dark and, uh, I pretty, I said it would pretty much, uh, it, it would eventually make its way, uh, to dynamite and here it is. But y'all know why we here. Um, the main event, Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix for the AEW World Title. You already fucking know. Incredible. For a 15 minute match, lightning speed, lightning, uh, you know, lightning everything. Like, <laughs> just, just, yo, we're not fucking around with, with the feeling out process. We're just getting straight to it. All action. Best match in the history of Dynamite. Um, this was just like, yo, this is what they wanted. They, they always want to see Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix on national television with no bullshit. Uh, this was just like, this was great. Uh, five stars. And uh, the title run is off to a bang. Off with a bang, I will say. Um some of the the counters in this this shit was were fucking nuts. Uh, I believe Phoenix went for like a Phoenix splash type move, but got caught into a fucking J driller. Um, he did this thing where he ran up the steps and did a moon or the the ropes and did a moonsault into a German suplex on drop Kenny on his fucking head. Um, they basically traded V triggers and super kicks to each other, like bouncing up like springs. Um, lots of flips from Phoenix and just ultimate speed. And this is just like, yo, crowd going fucking nuts. Like incredible. Like, and then, you know, your post match, but what'd you think of this, James? Great match. I'm not giving it five stars. I still think the Popkin Kenny Omega match was better than that the Iron Man match from the beginning of last year. But um either way, still the second best match in time of my history. Still a great fucking match. Um yeah, I I, I like this more than the Jackson and um in Phoenix from what was it, Indianapolis back in two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Um yeah, uh yeah, it, it's it's an incredible match. It's just it, it was short and I, the copy that I got of it, um, I got the commercial break, and the commercial break is like they're they're throwing shitty chops at each other uh, during commercial break, so that brought it down for me. But as far as like, but when it was when you could tell the TV was on, like it was like it was on, so I could see I can I have no I can see why you gave it five stars. Um, but yeah, like you said, great match. Uh, you know, it's just I wonder what the what the ceiling is on Phoenix and Pentagon. Um, I'm not saying the ceiling the, the ceiling that is put on uh, them by Tony Khan, but the ceiling as far as the language barrier, because mm-hmm. like they, you know, 
we have gotten very limited uh, stuff from them as far as uh, sh- them verbally. And, mm-hmm. like, they, as much as they use them, as much as they're over, they have to eventually, you know, put a translator over what the fuck they're saying or or have them, you know, say, you know, like a, a couple things and, you know, in, in the English that they do have. Cause like, they're too valuable not to be, not be, to have to, have to like, kind of real, use them sparingly in the way that they use them. Like, I'm actually, um, I'm in the middle of, uh, watching someone do a walkthrough on this video game, uh, called, uh, The Last of Us Part Two. The Last of Us basically, it's a survival mm-hmm. shoot, third person shooter game where like, um, it's not a zombie game, but basically, like, it's basically zombies. It's like some fungus, that, there's a fungus infection, and it affects people, they turn into people that eat cannibals, then they progress further, and then they turn into basically, like, uh, blind animals or whatever else, and it's, uh, it happened in 2013, 2020 now, somebody got revenge on somebody that saved someone's life, the protagonist is out for revenge, so they, Gone from Wyoming to Seattle to dystopian, uh, apocalyptic, uh, Seattle to get revenge. And this person is like scrounging the city trying to find these people, this group of people that killed, uh, their surrogate father. And, you know, rations are low, medical supplies are low, guns are low, whatever else. And it's like, they're rat, they're, they are managing, like, from a, from a position of a kid, with the young, sorry, the, uh, the Lucha Bros are like, we can only do so much with them, we gotta ration this shit, this shit gotta last, and it's like, y'all have, <laughs> they're so great, it's like, damn, man, like, there has to be some way we can find some type of way to get this shit cranked all the way up, and I don't know if it's send them back to the, um, the tech division and make them eventually, uh, the heir parents for, for, uh, or successes for, the Young Bucks or what, but it's like, or maybe, you know, eventually a trios title thing or whatever, but it's like, those guys are so damn good, it's like, I don't want to go on that run where we had where it's like, they were barely on TV, like, I want to keep this going where, like, what they've been doing since, like, October-ish, where they've been, like, they've been featured on TV in these incredible matches for, you know, the the better, for almost three months now, like, I want to keep that going, but I was like, I don't know how you can justify keeping them going in this way when they're like, they lose most of these big matches, and they don't talk for themselves. Like, it's going to be really hard to justify that. But it's like, they're on cycle right now. It's like, I don't want them to ever go off cycle. They're fucking incredible. So <laughs> that's, that's where I'm stuck. I was like, how are we going to, how, how are they going to get around this? Because they have to have to find some type of work where they can be able to justify this. Otherwise, it makes no sense. I think they are an expensive luxury right now. Um, yeah, that's how they feel. Like, they are... Like Phoenix or Pentagon's an older kind of guy. Like I think Pentagon's like kind of in a take it easy kind of stage. Like where he'll he'll crank it up a couple times a year if you need him to have a great match. But he's getting by on his charisma, I think. But Phoenix is you know a guy that's gonna try to ball till he falls every time he goes out there. So I don't necessarily think Phoenix is is someone that you build a company around or anything. But I think he's. Uh, Someone you definitely use in positions like this. Like, can he headline a a, pay, a show for you here to challenge for the belt? He can challenge for any belt. I think he'd be a awesome TNT champion one day. Um, I think uh, that you know if you start looking at this match, like I think Phoenix was just like he's <laughs> just on another level. Like, like this is stuff like he was doing. Just like yeah, he's great. Yeah. But then- it's like. 
one thing I also want to bring up is like Kenny Omega clearly loves wrestling luchadors. The Massacutioner. He clearly loves. I mean, not, not even, <laughs> I don't even want to get into the part of. Obviously, that's what he's playing into by you know the, the what is it? What is he calling it? The he's going after every belt. What's he calling it? The belt collector. Yeah, the belt collector thing. Like as far as that gimmick or whatever, that like that includes him going to AAA or whatever else and like. But he clearly loves wrestling these guys. He clearly loves wrestling Vikingo and clearly loves wrestling Pentagon and Phoenix and any. I feel like I see this like smile on his face when he's doing it. I feel like it's just, just like like. But the thing, like, he gets to wrestle them dudes in like one. He's always bigger than them, and then two, he doesn't have to slow down for them he either. Does, he doesn't have to pace the match in the style of a New Japan match or a American match. Like he can just go out there and like fuck that psychology. The psychology is if I put my knee into your forehead, you go down like that. Like. He can just put the, the pedal down to the metal and like not really have to worry about selling or any of that stuff. He just go out there and just have these, you know, the sugar rush matches, which are great. Barn or whatever burners. So it's like in barn burners, right? So it's like he clearly enjoys not having having to do all of the you know American theat or Western theatrics of selling and the drama and all. She's like, nah, man. Like I just want to go out here and just like and just and just drop fifty, like you know right. Like yeah, so it's like I, he clearly enjoys doing this with these guys. So and I enjoy watching him do these too. So um, yeah, I mean it's it's, it's all around just a, it's just a, it was a blast that, to watch. Absolutely, that the greatest is that the greatest AEW title match of all time. <laughs> Ooh, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think there's anything close, right? Yeah. Um, what would be over four and a half? Besides uh, that, maybe uh, I think I gave four and a half to Brody Lee and Moxley. I think. Okay, I'll get it like four and a quarter. So, um, um, besides that, I can't really think of, may, of anything that I, I mean. Put. I gave the the title change to Kenny. I gave four and a quarter as well. Yeah. Um, but those would probably be like the top end of the best. Uh, I mean, uh, what was, um, Kenny, I'm sorry, uh, Jericho transitioning belt of revolution over to, uh, to Moxie. Mark. That's probably like a four flat four or three and three quarters. Um, yeah, like you're right. This is absolutely the best, the absolutely the best AEW world title match. Yeah. Um, so after the match, uh, Callis grabbed the mic and said he heard something terrible was happening backstage. Uh, and then Eddie Kingston and the family were beating up, uh, neutralizing Pack and Pentagon. And Callis said, you know, they ain't coming to help you, Phoenix. And then they start whooping his ass. But John Mosley comes out uh, with a barbed wire bat, you know, the garbage wrestling. Uh, and he starts hitting Kenny in the stomach with it, make the save. And all of a sudden, the good brothers show up. With the impact tag belts on, and they make the save for Kenny. They whoop Mox's ass, uh, give him the magic killer. Kenny grabs the bat, fucks up Mosley with the barbed wire bat. That's what you get. Varsity Blondes run in, couple geeks. Uh, they get easily dispatched. Uh, more geeks try to get in, they get dispatched. Uh, Gallows, uh, Powerbombs, one of those guys through a ringside table. Uh, Kenny continues beating Mosley's ass with the barbed wire, grabs his, uh, Gallows' hat, put, puts it on backwards. Mosley tries to come back, but just got overwhelmed again. Then the Bucks ran out, and it's like, whoa, what the fuck? I can't believe the Bucks are in the ring. And because the Bucks and Kenny haven't been seen together for months and months at this point. And the Good Brothers, like, you know, you know, they, uh, Kenny was like, uh, facing them, but on the ring, and it, it or on the ring ropes, and it looks like the Varsity Blondes were going to try to grab him, but Nick and Matt basically super kicked those guys that were trying to run up on Kenny from behind. Um, 
Kenny threw up the two sweet. The Good Brothers threw up the two two sweet, and they was like, looked at the Bucks like, you know, you want to quit playing, and they throw up the two sweet, and everyone loses their fucking minds online, and this is like this great angle, and uh, we've got like this Bullet Club reunion. Um, I was on 15, um, when all this shit was happening. Um, this is what, what they get out of, out of it. This is, you know, you know, we were wondering what AEW gets. They get to reform the fucking Bullet Club, like, or basically put, you know, the Bullet Club together and like people that love AEW, this is like why this shit exists in the first place. Like, so like this is a really cool visual to see. Um, super angle if this is like a group callous and mouthpiece WWE has never like done this shit and positioned it this way ever like when they've had you know gals and answer in the fold with Finn or AJ it just always kind of came off as like you can't really do what you want to do because you don't have like it's like you don't have more than one hot act in it so them doing this here like in it going from company to company I love this. Like <laughs> this was like this had the timeline ablaze uh Wednesday night. Wow. Um uh I asked you um yesterday to tell me what I need to watch besides the uh Omega and um Phoenix match. You told me to watch the post match and I couldn't get her I didn't get around to the other stuff you told me to that we just went over. And I'm watching it and then um Gallons and Anderson came out and I was like, Oh god, who gives a flying fuck? And then they did the the the, the Young Bucks getting back together. I was like, Alright, Young Bucks can't get back together, but it's like so that's cool. I guess they're turning heel or who knows, we'll see how this plays out or if this is just a momentary thing and then they eventually split from there, but it's like as far as I Gallows think Gallows and Anderson and the Bucks are gonna do a match. Yeah. I, like I, I feel like that I, I can see that. Um on deck. But as far as like the the Gattles and Anderson part, I was like, I don't care, <laughs> whatever, dude. Like, um, I, I I like I guess the positive takeaway is that the the ladies back together, so you can do do those matches for the time being until they until they you know if and when they decide to not actually officially say we're not really doing this or whatever else. But um, yeah, I just I. I I don't care about Gallows and Anderson. I just don't like. It's just. It's like. Oh yeah, I forgot that you're you're still doing this impact part. Like. Oh yeah, that's right. I I don't care. Like it's AEW. I don't give a fuck about impact. <laughs> like I will see when they come up with these matches. As far as uh with impact, like you know people have been talking about a Chris Bay match potentially with uh, Omega for a while or else, and um you know I, I I will at least give it until to see like what they do with um impact with AEW wrestlers in it doing um, impact shows or whatever else. But um, I just, impact is going to have to do a lot to impress me, to get me to be like, Oh, okay. This is, this is on even footing. Like, no, AEW's up way to fuck up here. And y'all are down the fuck there. So um, they got to, they got to, they got to bring it uh, on that. Uh, We did get a question. that says besides Omega and the good brothers versus Swan and motor city machine guns are hard to kill. Are there any matches you care about? So I've gone through the trouble of pulling up the card. So I'm just going to read these off and see if any of these sound interesting. 
So, <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm all the way in like this. Uh, you know, them doing the cool stuff, stuff is, stuff would be is cool, but it, it, it's pissing all it's pissing all the right people off. Uh, that people are really angry about this. So I'm really? always you know uh on the on the side of that. You know, who's getting pissed off? The real I'm sorry, WWE the real what one more time? Are WWE fans getting pissed off about it? Uh, I don't know if WWE fans are mad at it, but I, I would have to check on that. Uh, but right. uh, they're definitely like you know the real Bullet Club, you know, in Japan, you know, all the you know, and, and all of a sudden this this revisionist history of like, um, apparently the elite like you know this wasn't the best time of the Bullet Club. You know, there's a there's a lot of people that feel otherwise. I'm like, well. They were, yeah, they were never higher profile. It, it, yeah, Tamatanga was like, yeah, bro, yeah. Like, I'm like, bro, like until Tamatanga becomes a better wrestler, I'm sorry, dog. You just gotta shut the fuck up. Like at this point, like <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even say that. It's like, bro, that's your opinion. Your opinions can be wrong. It's fine. Yeah, like, like I'm sorry. Like you know, the the highest profile and most successful they ever were were when the elite was in there. So right. <laughs> you know, like you don't have to cap. Like like we understand. You know. Like, uh, like, was this evil version that we just saw the last six months better? <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know, um, so we've got Havoc and Nevaeh versus uh, Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles for the, uh, I believe it's the finals for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Tournament. Personally, I could care less. Anything on that one, James? Um, I didn't know Havoc was still wrestling. I okay. heard her name in so long. I thought, I mean, obviously she's been a staple. She was a staple in Impact for a while. And then, like, you know, we saw her on Indies. And then, like, I, I just lost track of where she was. So we've got a triple threat match for the Impact X Division Championship. Manic, which is TJP, uh, against Chris Bay, against Rohit Raju. Um, Sounds like it could be fun. Chris Bay's in the match. Sure. Um, not, no, not don't do TJP more. like that. Yeah, like TJP is good. We don't. Oh, I mean, I mean, you know, the you know the, the great TJP, you know, is, is like, there yeah. too. Yeah, he's uh, very you know, good. Never tweet all star TJP. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, singles match for the Impact Knockouts title: Deanna Perazzo versus Taya Valkyrie. Should be a very good match. Yeah, I guess that should be be pretty good. Um, an old school rules six man tag team match: Eric du- Eric Young, Deaner, and Joe Doring versus Cousin Jake, Rhino, and Tommy Dreamer. Um, I've care. seen some of the work that Eric Young has done. Eric Young seems kind of reinvigorated and interesting. And Joe Doring is uh someone that looks interesting. I guess he was in all Japan for a while, but the rest of those guys, no. There's a yeah. gentleman named Cousin Jake. I'm. No, like, <laughs> is it uh, like, have you ever seen J- cousin Jake Russell, or just because his name is cousin Jake? You're like, just okay. his name is cousin yeah, Jake. Yeah, I cousin can't. Jake. Cousin Jake don't cousin Jake don't make me think of a uh, rich lattice professional wrestling. It does not. <laughs> it um, Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan. There is history here. It's a barbed wire massacre match. Whatever the fuck that is. Famously, this was the the bat shot, and I right. guess this is that feud. They are going to beat the two, fuck out of each other. Like, that was what two years ago, two and a half years ago. That was like in 2018. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Look, I'm like, if they want to have a crazy hardcore match, I'll watch it. Hey man, like it, I, I haven't given a flying fuck about any Sammy Callahan match that didn't involve uh, railroad spikes and Pentagon. So I, uh, you know, 
I don't know yeah. what to tell you. I, I kind of like Mas- Eddie Edwards. You think Moss can get a good match out of him? You think Moss can get a great match out of him? I think he could. Yeah, I think so too. It, that seemed to be more of his alley than whatever, than the stuff I've seen him do besides like uh, the Pentagon stuff. And then the Karate Man versus Ethan Page, which looks like the dumbest, one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life because Ethan Page is the Karate Man, James. Um, Ethan Page is way too talented to be doing this shit, so that does not interest me at all. I, all well, I heard I was mean, Karate in the main Man. Event. I, all I heard was Karate Man, and like, and then Ethan Page, and like, and I heard nothing in before, between, or after. Say that again for me, please. Okay, so the Karate Man is Ethan Page. This is a single match between the Karate Man and Ethan Page. Um, I don't know how this is going to work. So he's wrestling himself? Yes, apparently. Next match. Yeah. Way too talented to be doing any any of this bullshit. And apparently this may be taped, so he may be on his way out of the promotion. Uh, I don't know. He couldn't wrestle like Jordan Grace again? What's up? He couldn't wrestle like Jordan Grace again or something? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> seriously. Um, no, I'm serious. Have you ever watched any of Jordan Grace uh, Ethan Payne matches? I watched one on... I watched a Jordan Grace match on Black Label Pro that right. was an energetic match. I was, was that Ethan Page? Right. When he was, wasn't okay, in shape. Yeah. Like, okay, wouldn't yeah. you agree that like that match, that another one of those matches would almost all definitely be better than whatever this is going to be? Yes. Right. What do we... What? what, what, do we, what, what? Why? I'm into the main event with, with Kenny and the Good Brothers against uh, Swan and uh, uh, you know uh, Motorcycle Machine Guns, bro. So all those guys can work. So um, just as long as Carl or Doc Gallows doesn't drag this shit into the mud, so um, I can handle Car- Carl's and or uh, Gallows and Anderson as long as they're cuffed to like Kenny or the or the Bucks or something like that. Or two, like, what, I can, 2016 like, AJ Styles. Like, <laughs> or Styles, like bro, like because like we've seen it when they when they split them up in the brands, like them niggas just sunk and died, like. But if you put them around, um, you know these guys that are way more interesting than them, they're kind of menacing. They have some presence, and I think you know they're they're quick witted enough verbally where it works. So, all right, so um, did we put Gallows and Anderson on for next of the year last year? Yes, for getting the Shawn Michaels contracts, right? Uh, it was basically for ha- picking the best friends possible. Right, who right. got them paid at every stop. So they're getting nominated again for the, for getting a match like this, right? For getting this kind of thing, right? We'll see where this goes because, because there's going to be lots of other finessing throughout this year. But that's true. Uh, I that's, think that's true. That's true. You know, I'm, so I'm, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I, 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 I like you went through that car and I was like. Could be good. It's something I would be. I would go out my way to go see. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I heard word of mouth. Like you named like three or four things. It's like, yeah, based on word of mouth. Like I would. I, I wouldn't watch it live, but it's somehow I'll go behind and watch if I heard some good reviews on it, whatever else. Um, yeah, it's just it's really hard right now, man. Like AEW has. Load, this was one of the best weeks of wrestling. Like right. So like, when, but I'm saying is like AEW has blown up in American wrestling to the way that it's like, yo, like, I don't have time for much of anything that's in America that is not, like, new, that is not A-dub, it is not NXT or higher. I just don't. 
and it, I mean that's not, that's not saying no one's not go- doing good work because there are plenty of people doing good work. Otherwise, people wouldn't show up in AEW later on or <laughs> NXT later on. But it's just like it's just really hard. It's just really hard. Um, so like yeah, you know some of these matches, I, I'll keep t- I'll keep my you know my my ears to the street to see if you know good stuff, good word of mouth comes out of it. But like as far as one to watch, um, their next show, not necessarily. And it's like. I don't know what impact could possibly do do aside aside from just flat out taking talent from elsewhere to get that kind of buzz and like they are effectively doing this with the Kenny Omega thing. So they're doing exactly what they should be doing. It's just you know they're just they're just so far behind the pack. I definitely want to see them in an event. It's just like the rest of the show. Like I don't know, man. Right. Like, like, I, yeah. They got to try to work some out to further integrate and get try to get more. Um, AW people in and put under the and put under people like and put under the guise of like get some of the young guys more reps like if there was a private party on this show if there was a Jurassic Express in this show if there was a Wardlow in the show you know I'd be yeah you should have definitely asked for Wardlow. They should have asked for Wardlow and had him like just crush somebody. So I don't know about this, but I what do you think the buy would be for for Wardlow right now? To, I don't think there actually is a buy on this kind. What do you think the buy would be? Oh, you would have to give Tony Khan like three to five million dollars for Warlow right now. No, 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 and no, even, no, no. I don't no, even no, know. No, no. I mean, like, if there was actually a buy on paper, I don't mean like the in the theory. What is he actually worth to you compared to someone else? Like in, in the open market type of thing. Like, what mm. do you think is actually on paper? If if a buyout is actually on these any of these contracts, what do you think it is for Warlow? <sighs> I mean. I would at least say two hundred fifty thousand. So if if that's what you think, why in the fuck is hasn't Vince already spent that money? <laughs> this man. Why 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 hasn't Kadani and Bushi rolled? Oh, you don't know you man? don't know the story about that. <laughs> no, I don't. Apparently. He, he had a WWE tryout. Oh my god! Let me guess. He didn't. It whipped. They ad- fucked up. Let me guess. Bad attitude. I forgot what it was, but um, he, I had to check like, the story out. Like but he roll. definitely Lacey was Evans, in WWE first. Did Lacey Evans not, not like or did not like how you rolled? <laughs> there's there's something that happened, but um, we got another question from JML. Um, right. He says, if Sasha Banks somehow leaves WWE to pursue acting full time, do you pick up the phone if you're Tony Khan or Rossi slash Kadani? Only asking because she might be out of the price range in terms of contracts. Um, I don't think that they would be out of the price range for a Sasha Banks because um, there are certain people that it's like you have the X amount of money you're going to spend, but for somebody comes on the market, you you know like like a Rey Mysterio, you go and give a competitive offer to go get them because they're worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, I'm pretty sure that Sasha re-signed in 2019 when she came back from her her hiatus. I'm pretty sure she re-signed then, so she's not actually uh, will be she won't actually be available for that sort of thing for a while. Yeah, and it, if she leaves to pursue acting, WWE like would still maintain her right pro wrestling rights. But right. to entertain the question, I would say. Um, if you are a company, you call Sasha Banks. Um, and, and, and just to make her say no. Um, yeah. <laughs> be like, hey, we like you to, to come, you know, do three matches, you know, like, and if it's a case where it's like, 
yeah, I don't really want to commit to a full-time schedule. I think the counter offer would say, well, how about we book you to to do three matches with us? Like, and then you get somebody that you really want to push into that third match with her, uh, and beat her on the way, you know, out of the, the three match deal or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't um, think anyone in, in Japan signs her just because of like COVID and there's a lot I think that would go into it. I, I think Sasha would want to go over there and do it, but I don't think they would be beating her door down. It would be something like, she would put it out there that I think that she's welcome to be called. Um, well, I think the part where there are, there are a group of wrestling fans in Japan that are WWE fans, like that subsect, if you sign a Sasha Banks to a, uh, to a stardom for however, whatever terms it is, you're definitely getting them to the, you're definitely getting them through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you show them what you have to offer, which is flat out superior wrestling and storytelling, <laughs> um, you could, um, and, and also the fact that Sasha is one of, is one, is one of the ones that like definitely, um, from a technical wrestling standpoint and, um, psychology standpoint would match up with some of the better wrestlers and uh, female wrestlers in Japan. I definitely think that like, yeah, that would be a success. It would be successful. Um, I don't think she would ever be like some, yeah, come, come over here and, and work and be like, be pretty and work, uh, two, two, two weeks, at, um, or, or work, you know, a hundred shows for us. I don't think she'd ever do that, but, uh, as far as being like uh, in that Tony Storm position, she was that she was in 2019. I think that I think that she could do that, or she she would be open to that sort of thing if um, her contract ever ran out, or she was no longer with WWE. Um, I think it'd be something like a bucket list type of thing for her. Um, so I think you know, it, for I, I don't think it's as out of the out of the realm of like of like a preposterous type of thing for. Um, Sasha to look into one and do that sort of thing if her contract, if and when her contract runs out and she's done with WWE. Um, and I don't think that like stardom would not, I think stardom definitely gives a phone call out to her because it's like, um, that's somebody they, they would be, they would love to have, uh, even just for special events alone. Um, but yeah, um, but as far as, but you know, the real place for her is if she were to ever leave, which I don't think, um, but if, uh, if there was ever a landing spot for somebody right now, um, AEW is a place for an Amer- for a WWE um, star or women's wrestler. That's definitely just, a place to go. They're just looking for one, like at least, like they're like, all right, whoever this person may be that pops out, whoever it is, and if it's Sasha, it's like, well, duh, like well, I mean, <laughs> like you're taking her, but like, like there's somebody that's gonna go get that if, that spot eventually, right, right? Like whether it's you know. Like it ain't even got to be like someone that's on main roster. It could be like a Candice Ray showing up would be a godsend for them. Like Candice Ray now at this point with where her mic skills are right now would be a mm-hmm. godsend for them. Um, some Dakota Kai would be a godsend for them. Um, yeah, it's just that's kind of just where they are. Um, they have some talent. They are really hurting because a lot of their availability was seemingly cut in half uh, with uh, COVID throughout the year, and they've struggled. Um, and also a lot of bad luck with the injuries Statlander and, and Britt um, in the first uh, third of the year. But you know, um, I, I, I 
I'm more confident in their 2021 than their 2020 based off the shit hand they were given. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, um, what, what do we have on NXT? NXT, uh, since we've been gone, they have, uh, brought, Karrion Cross has come back. He has, uh, started a feud with, uh, Damian Priest. They had a match at New Year's Evil. I don't know the result. I have not watched, uh, New Year's Evil except for the main event. Um, same for, so, uh, a couple weeks ago when you were talking about Raquel Gonzalez, um, mm-hmm. well, not Raquel, but Rafar's Rhea, how she lost to Tony Storm. Um, her loss came after, uh, Raquel interfered and then Tony mopped her up. Uh, it was another protected loss. Like she has the only loss she's at, the only real loss she's taken is clean loss she's taken is the, the loss to Io Shirai in the title match back in um uh November. Uh but anyway, uh I I heard a lot of good news, a lot of great things about the uh, Raquel and Rhea match. I heard it was better than the first match, which is like I cannot wait to fucking watch this match. Um <laughs> I watched the Balor in the um the Balor and O'Reilly rematch. Uh, in order for Balor to, or for, in order for O'Reilly to get the rematch, he fought Pete Dunne in a singles match, a number one contendership match. The match is awesome, four and a half stars. It is, is exactly what you think a Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne match would be on TakeOver, except it was on TV. Um, and then they had the Balor in, um, O'Reilly match on, on the main event of New Year's Eve, Evil, uh, which happened on January 6th. Go figure. But, um, <laughs> It was a great match. Um, it wasn't as good as their first match, um, but it was a great story as far as the rules being reversed. Where like the, the the story of it is, you know, have the beginning of it of the first match was O'Reilly catches a liver sh- a liver shot and he's fighting from underneath, and then he hits a big knee, and then he actually legitimately breaks Finn Balor's jaw, and they go from there. Um, in this match, Finn Balor is out for blood. He's furious and he's saying that, like, everybody talks about this match. It's match of the year in NXT. It's match of the year in NXT. And the only thing everyone ever remembers is that Finn, is that O'Reilly broke my jaw. Not that I won. Well, fuck it. I'm going to break his jaw. And in the first, like, I don't know, uh, eight minutes of the match, Balor in kayfabe breaks O'Reilly's jaw. And it's obvious that he didn't really break his jaw. But O'Reilly is so good at selling that by the time you get to the last third of this match and the way he contorts his face and holds his face and sells, you actually think like, holy shit, you can actually believe that this dude just broke his jaw and he's continuing going on, even though I know he didn't break his fucking jaw. Um, they, they throw in at the end when, um, uh, O'Reilly is firing back from fighting this broken jaw. He actually hits a, um, he hits that same soul, but that, that for that liver shot again and, Oh, and he has O'Reilly dead to rights, and he just can't. He he's going down, and he's it like, he's like one of those things where like you see that the ship is sinking. Like after he gets that liver shot, it's like everything is failing. I can't I can't keep up with this. I can't keep up with this. I'm fighting. I'm fighting. I'm fighting. I'm fighting. And it's like at the end, Balor slaps him into submission, and he's forced to tap out. And it, it like he stands on top, and it's like the better man won. Like this was one of those um. It was one of those, like, the champion is in a TV feud, or is in a short feud with somebody that's not in his level. The first match is so well done that you believe that, like, this person might be getting elevated. And, nah, the other person just proves that they're actually better in, like, whatever else. Like, it was a really good uh, program. I 
I like the program between those two so much. It is like I wish that there was more to it, but like that was really all it was. I I I, I I'm almost guaranteed that like whatever they do between um, Cross and Balor will not nearly be as good as what they've done with uh Balor in O'Reilly. But you know they they picked um Cross back in from the from day one. Real. Yeah, so you know it is what it is. They don't see any reason to uh, change course in. That's where they're going. Um, they're, they're doing Dusty Cup again this year. Um, and the tag team for Undisputed this year will be uh, Cole and Roddy. So they'll, no fish. So the, you, the mat, so the tag match will just be, you know, flowing. So, um, <laughs> so that, so that's cool. Um, they did on the last show of the year, they did, uh, the blow off between, uh, Leon, Ruff and Gargano, um, they did a bunch of like shit that I just imagined Triple H and, and Sean um, had them do. Where they come, you know. Okay, so Gargano, after he won the title back with the help of Austin Theory and Indy Hartwell, obviously with Candice with the broken arm, they have consolidated into an actual family. That you know, they call themselves the Way. Like go that like that way, way. Mm. Yeah, like go that way. They call themselves away. Um, play off of the Johnny Gargano way thing. So, um, they have Andy, who's a smart person that that seems to just like interact with Austin Theory like he's a dumbass, and like basically every joke is Austin Theory is a dumbass, and but he's a butt of the joke, and he's slow, he doesn't get it, and he's clumsy, and he's messing up or whatever else. But until the bell rings, and he's a good wrestler. Anyway. Um, they did a very Gargano Christmas thing, um, where they did all this stuff where the way or whatever else and like Johnny's, Johnny's a cheapskate. Like he says he loves these guys, but he's giving all these cheap ass, like, uh, (laughs) all these cheap ass gifts. Like for example, um, Austin, you know, I've shown you the way. And I'm, and you know, I'm going to get you, uh, and I also got you the way, opens up a Christmas gift, is Johnny Gargano's The Way Protein. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's a, funny. It's a cheek, and it's spelled like W-H-E-Y. Yeah, it's just like, you cheap bastard. And then, when it's Andy's turn to open up her gift, he, she opens up, is like, Oh my god, it's a PlayStation 5! And then, like, you just see Austin Theory's face, and he's like, You got her a PS5, bro? You got me some fucking protein. Are you serious? And he's like, <laughs> And, and, like, she's like, She lifts it up, like, Wait, it's empty! Well, well, yeah, like, I, uh, It's like, Well, yeah, like, I didn't actually get you a PS5, that's my PS5. Here's the box. It's like, What the fuck? Like, um, and then like actually, I think it was something inside the box. But it was some lame. It was some lame out there. It was like, yo, he's treating like, like he's just treating uh, these two like shit. It's like Johnny's just evil bastard. Is is fucking hilarious. Um, but back to the Leon um blow off match. They go into the building as the way, obviously, and then like they look down. They t- you know Johnny's swaggering confidence. Like I'm gonna break the curse. There ain't no such thing as a curse or whatever. Actually, he's like he doesn't actually call it a curse. Like he doesn't want to say the word out loud to give it power. Like don't put that shit on the universe. That type of, that type of nonsense. And, you know because Austin Theory's a dumbass. He says, "Yeah, man, you're the greatest. You're gonna absolutely break that curse." And then like Andy and Candice looking at him like, "You fucking idiot. You don't say that word." And Johnny's like, "I can't believe you said. I can't believe you said this." And all of a sudden they hear a meow. They look down a the hallway. There's a black cat. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I was like, yeah, hey, I, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. So they cut to another, uh, thing backstage where they're at, like, um, that workout facility, uh, part of the PC. Mm-hmm. And, um, something happened. Johnny blows his stack and he grabs, I think he grabs the protein, uh, the whey protein thing out of uh, Austin's hands. Yeah, that's what it was. Austin Theory's dumbass was eating the protein with no no water. He was actually just trying to. He's trying to choke down dust. That's the best way. That's the best way I can explain it. He's trying to choke down his dust, and he did something stupid. So Johnny blew his stack, grabbed the the bottle of, or the the jar of protein, and threw it. And all of a sudden, glass shatters. Looks off camera, pa- camera pans, broken mirror. It's like, fuck. I gotta get out of here. I'm a cur- uh, This is, this is real. I can't believe it. I'm screwed up. Next thing you know, there's a ladder that's open underneath, uh, by the entrance. He walks through the thing. All of a sudden, Austin there goes like, Johnny, you just walk. And then like, Ken's like, stop. Don't even tell him. Don't even tell him. Just let him go out there. So him and, uh, Leon, um, have a match. It's a, it's a good match. Um, not a great match, but a good match. And at the end, they do some, some nonsense, and then Johnny ends up super kicking shit out of him and um and hit him with his uh DDT and gets the win, um, and that that pretty much uh they also did or keep doing the um Zia Lee Boa stuff, bro. The Zia Lee Boa stuff. Remember how you talking about how like yo who's who who's shooting this stuff? Mm-hmm. They did two more of these since then that are just like as better. They're better than the one you saw that you, that you th- that thought was awesome. Like basically after they were doing all that torture stuff, eventually, uh, it gets to the point where, you know, um, they're still bloody and bruised and you, you see all of like the strikes that like Boa's taking. And like after, uh, Zaya was beating up that wooden, you know, workout thing or whatever else, like she's, she's working over somebody and like, you know, they cut to her, they cut to him, and they're both like, please, please tell us to stop. And then, like, the dude keeps saying, again, again, again. And all of a sudden, you zoom out, and you see that, like, what they've done is they have Zaya beating up Boa now. And you're like, yo, what? So then, like, the next week, they're, like, they're doing the same thing, except, like, they're not blood anymore, just sweat, and it's, like, oh, okay, so, like, they're, they're, they've beaten each other up, now they're tough, it's like a, you know, like a martial arts movie, like, they, they've gone through the hard training, and now they're, they're you know, their, their skin, and their bodies, and their bones, and their muscles, and ligaments have all toughened up, so now they're, like, more, more, bring it, kick me, and she's, like, I'll kick, I want to kick him more, and then, like, more aggressive, and then, like, the dude that was dealing, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Shifu dude was, like, before I was saying, you know, again, now he's like, nah, 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 you good. No more, no more, no more. So, uh, they were sent out into the world and I guess they debuted at, um, New Year's Eve. I just haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I'm interested to see this and like Boa and Zyli should not be doing the jobs for like, at least like until June. <laughs> like that's how good this shit was. Like, bro, you got you some new stars for this shit or whatever else. Like if don't put them, in, don't put them around, you know, Gargano or or Balor or nobody else, but like don't they need to not lose for a while. Um that's how hot this shit was. So um they actually went and did sit down or not a sit down, but like a backstage thing with uh Rhea and Raquel and talked about their actual real life friendship, talked about all the stuff we already knew about, like how, you know, they're 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 aces in real life. Um and then they tied it into, and they retconned in the part where, like, 
she shows up as Raquel. She's with Dakota. She turned her back on me, even though this was never any of the story until literally just now. Um, but it did feel heartfelt, like their friendship and like they did a good job of talking about how or, or of expressing like they were friends and are longer friends than our enemies. Uh, so it's well done. It's not. It's it's cap, but it's 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 it was well done. Um. And, you know, I haven't seen the match, but I heard great things about the match. But, like, that, and I haven't heard anything about Cross and Damian Priest, so I don't know. What what crazy things have you heard about Priest and, uh, and Damian, uh, Damian uh, Priest and uh, Karen uh, Cross? Priest is getting called up, and I think so is Rhea, so. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, I already knew about, uh, I already heard stuff about uh, both of them being potentially called up. So I already have, I'm already spoiling them pretty much who lost those matches, but yeah. as far as the match, have you heard anything about no. Cross and Damian Priest? Man- oh, great. <laughs> Not a nothing. <laughs> great. Great. <laughs> push, so like, push him to the top again. <laughs> like, couldn't even, like, break his way onto the timeline of, like, people tweeting it. about it. Like, great. Aren't you glad that they pushed him to the belt in four months? <laughs> aren't, you, aren't you happy about that? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's pretty much all I have on... um. NXT over the weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some stuff. Um, but you know, it. Oh, actually, there was a, uh, there was a good ass street tag tag team street fight between um, Maverick and Dane versus uh, Oni and Lorkin. Um, and that was from, I think it was like three weeks ago. But um, mm-hmm. that's one that comes to mind. There's, there was there was like one show. That show was also on the same show that had the number one contender match between O'Reilly and um, Dunn. There was also another good-ass match on that card. I just can't remember what it was. But, yeah, uh, they had a great show that week. The next week after that was just all right. And then um, that 30th show was the award show, which is just like a throwaway. So, whatever. Um, yeah, so I guess there's only one other thing left to do, James. Hit the music! (laughs) Yeah, man. So, stardom. Wow. Um... I don't know where we last left off with stardom. We did. We, we didn't talk about their um, their big year in show. We didn't talk about Osaka show. So, um, yeah, man, like because it was kind of quiet. Like they had their um, their Corgan Hall show on. I think it was the sixth of January or January of uh, December. Um, and then we went from there. Like it was a lot of you know. Mo- Momo and Utami, you know, prelude matches where they're tagging together and they eventually face each other in tag matches. Um, same for um, Julia and Shuri. Um, but, and you know, the outside underneath that, the third thing was, uh, you know, Tam breaking up with uh, Star starting their own faction, Cosmic Angels. Um, so, I guess we can just start off with, uh, we can just, we just run through their. Osaka show, um, their, their 
that was December 20th. That was their last big show. Um, there was pay-per-view in Japan. It's much in the ilk of their 10, their October 3rd Yokohama show and their, uh, 11, 15 Sendai show. Um, the first match was a triple threat match for the Futures belt. Uh, so that's, uh, Michael was the champion versus, um, Big Saya and Little Saya. Um, very good, very, very good match. Um, you know, uh, Saya, big or sorry, little Saya has her has like the match of her life. She hits a she hits a shoot head butt while she's on the top ropes facing on the outside facing in against Micah, who's on the inside facing out. Um, as she knocks her out, she basically hits a sunset flip power bomb, bouncing Micah's head uh, off of the mat and out of the ring, which she will never recover for be seen again for the rest of that night. Um, she then faces, uh, is just down to the Saya's in. Um, little Saya ends up catching, um, Big Saya against the corner. She's on the second rope and she ends up hitting, um, basically like a flip over inverted, like a flip over even flow, which mm-hmm. that, um, that Big Saya f- spikes for. And then, um, Saya ends up hitting, um, I forgot what she, she had a finisher for a move. Uh, for the win, and she ends up becoming the future champion. She's a, she becomes the third ever, third ever, no fourth ever uh, future champion. Um, she has a great post match where she's in, t- in tears, crying. You know, you think about her. She debuted at, like beginning of 2019. She's done nothing but get her ass whooped. She's one of the best like ass ass kick ass kickies in the world. Um, tons of heart, tons of fire. Um, you know, built like a damn running back. Um, and she, you know, she finally won a, a title. She's crying. She says, you know, like if I can't remember the stuff she said, but like she's like some along those lines of like you know, follow your dreams, you stick to it, that sort of thing. Uh, it was a great moment. Um, and yeah, she also because um, you know, she debuted two years ago, and the rules for that belt is uh under twenty or less than two years of experience. She says, you know, my, my end of my second year anniversary is in a couple weeks. And I was wondering if it's okay, Rossi, if you, you know, extend this to three years, which Rossi, of course, says yes, because it's his fucking idea after all. Um, <laughs> and so now, like, the futures division will, like, be, you know, you know, big Saya, Mike can go back to it. Azumi could presumably go back to it. Starlight Kid could presumably go back to it, even though she was the first future champion. Um, that opens up the door for, like, Mina and Unagi, nudge nudge, wink wink. That's who they're really doing this for. <laughs> um, so so yeah, that that was um that was a really fun moment. Like I think Zach actually put that match on his uh listed that match in his top ten for twenty um twenty stardom favorite matches. Um, and then the other stuff on the on the card uh um the white belt versus SWA um double title match um Shuri versus. Uh, Julia, um, very good match. I don't know if you, you ever get around to watching it. I didn't see that one. No. Okay. Um, it's it's basically every Shuri match you ever seen. Like it 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 it, it goes it goes to a draw, and she it's just a completely like exhausting experience watching her get up, fight off a pin, block whatever's happening after she gets picked up, and then kick the shit out of somebody else. Like and it's like she's very good at draw. Like she's the queen of draws. Like. Boy, I watched Shuri versus Momo, and I was just like hot. Right, 
that's remember like that the match that um the the second Queen's Quest versus Donna Domana match that you that you gave four and a half stars. Like what was yeah. the end of that? Momo and Shuri going down the stretch for like the last like eight minutes, ten minutes or so, kicking each other's domes off, pinning each other, kicking out. Like she's very good at this. <laughs> she's great at, at doing these draws. But um basically um it ends where like the, the closing stretch of this match, it starts off kind of slow, but like, uh, you know, in typical Julia fashion, once they start brawling, the match, like, gets great. Um, there's a package power driver where, like, she, she just drops Shuri right on the back, right on her fucking neck. Um, there, um, there was just a lot of great stuff. Like, the match ended up with, like, a double down where, uh, Julia hits a headbutt and then, like, I think Shuri hits a spinning back fist and they both collapse to the ground and neither, neither person got the cover at the last second before the bell rang out. Um, they get up and, you know, and Shuri's crying because Shuri, you know, Shuri's just a great baby face even though she's in this stable of tweeners and thugs. Um, and, you know, they, you know, they, when they walked off the sunset or whatever else together, <laughs> seemingly holding hands, but, uh, uh, they end up doing, um, you know, the, the trios title match of, you know, Cosmic Angels versus Stars. Stars, in this case, is Mayu, Starlight Kid, and, um, The Clown. Um, it was an elimination match. And what they did was, instead of giving you what you really want, which is like the, you know, the big, the final two is Mayu and Tam, what they did was, we'll, we'll have Starlight Kid pin Tam with, Tam's move of uh, the, the tiger suplex, they throw out my over the top rope. They throw out Starlight Kid over the top rope. Um, but really, like, it's, it's two to one. The last person on um, it's two to one where two stardom and two stars and two and one um, Mina is the last person. Mina eliminates the last two in um, in stars by throwing out Starlight Kid and by uh, pinning. Death was because like the last person you expect to actually like be there is Mina in in uh in uh Cosmic Angels so like they gave her something by having her be the person to win this big you know thing um and then uh Stars gets or Tam gets the mic and says you know we are we're officially leaving Stars like you know it's been it's been rough the last couple weeks like y'all clearly don't want us here we out of here <laughs> um and. Mayu is like so it's so high schoolish, but it's also like I, I get it. Like Mayu's like, well, since you leave, and I'm gonna make sure I'm, I'm gonna make sure to destroy y'all. Like <laughs> I'm gonna make sure to destroy. I'm gonna crush it. She pushes Tam. Um, she says like, you know, we want a rematch because you fought because you beat us with the clown. You can't beat us at full strength with Big with Lusaya. Um, we want a rematch. Um, they oblige and like, fine, you know, it's an elimination match, whatever, we'll beat you for real. So, um, they were set to have a match, but, um, I think at the court, at the year end climax, like, Mina broke her nose, she's out for two months, so, like, they've had to scrap that for now. Um, but the main event was Momo versus Utami. I thought it was the best match of the night. I gave four and a half. I gave the Julia and, um, Shuri match, uh, four and a quarter. Like, Meltzer, has those same ratings, but flipped. He gave mm-hmm. the white belt match four and a half, and he gave the red belt match uh, four and a quarter. I have it the other way, but yeah, man, um, it's it's Momo and Utami, like similar to what you saw in New York, and except it's in a bigger bigger stage. Um, wow, they did wrestle in New York, right? 
Yeah. Um, it's crazy that like <laughs> your mom was eighteen. <laughs> mom was eighteen. I have a four. I think you gave that match a four and a half stars. That's crazy. But um, yeah. So they um they they have a great match. Like Momo, Momo is uh, is has the advantage for uh, the majority of it, and then um she hits her um hits the peach sunrise, goes for the pin. Utami kicks out. Momo looks up at the ref. Is like, are you fucking serious? She snaps. Murder Momo comes out. She busts all kicks to a seated Utami like multiple times. Uh, goes for another move. Utami slips out. Ends up hitting um, the Black Tiger Bomb um, and gets the win. Like it was another great match. Um, after the match, uh, Micah comes out and says, "Look, you know." We've been going, we've been, we've been tussling for forever. We're right, we're career rivals. Let's do it again for, I want your red belt. Um, fresh after not having to do a job to lose her belt that she just had in the opener. So, um, slide of hand. Uh, and, you know, the first match they had, Utami won. Second match they had at the center of the tournament was that time limit draw. Mike, Micah beat Utami in the, um, in the Grand Prix. Um, I think that was the only loss that Utami actually had in the Grand Prix. She, uh, yeah, I think it's the only loss. I think everything else was draws with, yeah. So she went to a draw with Momo and she went to a draw with, uh, Shuri. The only loss she took was, uh, was to Micah. So, one, one, and one. See you at, the, see you at, um, the next Corrigan Hall. So, um, that catches up the speed to the rest, to the beginning of the year. Um, they had a, uh, Two out of three falls. Triple was it a? I think it was triple threat match. Not triple threat. But six person tag in the main event of the January second show. Um, Donna Del Mondo. So it's uh, Nasupoi. I want to say Shiri, but I'm not sure. Maybe Micah and Julia versus um, B. Saki and Natsuko. I want to say, or maybe it was Konami. I can't remember. Anyway. Not that it's not important. What's really important is in the first fall, the two out of three falls match, ref gets taken. Natsuko <laughs> gets the chain, rocks Julia in the mouth with it, and gets a and gets to pin Julia. The cr- the clap crowd gasps. <laughs> uh, so next fall. Nasco grabs the chain again, wraps it around um, Julia's neck, throws her ass over the top rope, and hangs her. DQ. And then the match continues on. It's a very good match. I end up giving it um, either three and three quarters or four stars. I think it's three and three quarters. Anyway, um, at the end, Nasupoi ends up uh, pinning Saki, um, adding, getting some wins for uh, Nasupoi is important. She's eventually going to be a um, challenger for uh, Azumi for the high-speed belt. Um, so, after the end of the match, Julia wants to fight Nasco, so she offers her a shot at the white belt. And you know what I thought when it happened? What? I shouldn't have been talking that shit about nobody wants to see Nasco getting a fucking white belt title shot on the year-end show. This is nothing but the universe finding its way to <laughs> to to put me in my place. So you know, stop stop the noise. You like, know, um, yeah. So, so 
I think we got the Sherry and Momo match too around this time, or was that this on is, the uh, That's the Jane, that's the next show. Prefer, so we, we can get to that. Uh, but re- want to make real quick the undercard of this show are the next the uh, the main the semi main of the January second show had a Starlight Kid match or is Momo or my sorry Mayu Starlight Kid and Saya versus um I want versus Queen's Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, I think it's Kamatani or Big Saya, Utami and Azumi, and that match is awesome. I get that four flat or three and three quarters of four flat. Um, great match at the end of it. Starlight Kids are pinning Azumi. Um, so move on to the one three match. Go ahead, Rich. Take it away. Man, I was so pissed. Um, <laughs> I was like, Oh, After all these months, Momo versus Shuri, um, yeah. and uh, did, now did, before you watch the match, did you know what the time limit uh, was for the match? No, I knew I knew it was fifteen minutes, so I already knew what was going to happen. But go ahead. Yeah, uh, I just saw that it was up. I believe I got tagged uh, in the Discord. This uh, someone was telling me it was up. I had let them know that I had already uh, had watched it at that point. I think Zach had hit me up and let me know it was up and. Uh, I watched it and, you know, I was getting ready to, you know, sink in for this big match and then it ended <laughs> without a winner. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The so I was, draws. I was not, yeah, I was not pleased, <laughs> but, uh, um, but did you enjoy what you saw before the draw came down on you? It was, it was cool. I think they could have did. I think they did the match they did because they knew they were doing a draw. Exactly. So I don't think they, emptied the gun they did not they did not they did not um yeah so uh that match is happening at um at the next cork and hall show like okay so ah. yeah <laughs> yeah it, like the, the draw was just to just to piss you off the draw was for a reason like all this stuff is yeah for the next show um so uh what was i gonna say yeah so then uh that's the only really match of note from the january 3 show the next show uh is the january 4 show um, January two show I thought was a was a great show. Uh, you know, five matches, three of the or four of them good, two of them damn good ass matches, um, slash great matches, and then um, the uh, the January third show had the Shuri and Momo match, um, which I thought was was damn good. Uh, that was the only match I was really crazy about. But then like the January four match or show was also uh very good as well. Um, the main event. Do you watch the main event, Rich? Um, that was the one with the crazy tag match, right? Yeah, with the nine people. Pure chaos. <laughs> I told you, you couldn't make hands and tails. Another, I don't know how to contextualize it. It was just a lot. Um, Queen. It was a uh, okay. So uh, it was a trios three way uh, of um, Queens. Not the Queens. Sorry, stars. Donna Del Mondo and Oedotai. It's B Priestley, um, Saki, and uh, Konami versus Nasupoi, Julia, and Shuri versus Starlight Kid, Mayu, and. Was it. Was it oh, oh, Big Sa- Or Losaya. Losaya. So. Mm-hmm. There's so much. I don't know. You 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 go on your review because I, I I watched it like 
about a week yeah, ago. Yeah, it, it was um, it was all over the place. Uh, I didn't think it necessarily like um, I didn't think they landed it like it was kind of just over like um right. at the end, and I didn't think they like uh like I felt like it was a house show match that they didn't get Absolutely. serious at the end. Absolutely. So like, I I, shit, I don't think they ever got serious. I thought this yeah. thing was all. They was like, "Hey man, let because well, I, okay, hold I on, say hold on. that one, one, one thing about this. I haven't mentioned this to the listener. This match, this trios three way match, is a lucha rules match. There were no tags involved, so no touch rules. Yeah. So they was out here doing any and everything. It broke out into a nine way like four different times in a span of. 15 of a 15 minute match like this match was like yo i don't know what's going on he had had a boston crab lock on the other eight people well like that shit was hilarious well well, it was a it was it was an octuple head or uh leg scissors headlock and then b got the person that had that was free and decided to turn them over and slap on the boston crab because you know she's a jerk and And then after the rest of them over yeah and then after that she proceeded to walk on all of their backs and then each individually i think she skipped her teammates so like she's walking over these people and it's like these six people like you suck as she steps on them you suck you suck you suck you suck you suck and you suck and then like a little bit later on in that match she goes to stunning. She turned around, and there's six people, and they, they stunned all the waiting. dog shit out of her. <laughs> there was just, there was just so much crazy. Like Saya, little Saya, she's fucked. Like she's, she's fucking up spots in like not ways. Are like, yo, this fucked up. This match is like to me anyway. She fucked them up, and like she fucked them up in such hilarious fashion. I was just like, yo, what is going on? Like the whole time watching this match, I was like, what is going on? This match is like ridiculous, bro. Like I. Yeah. PWG indie wrestling. This had all of the good and bad of both that you ever see in a 15 minute match. It is just like they jam like 25 minutes of stuff and it's 15 minutes and the match feels like either it was five minutes too long or five minutes too short because of, because of like how abruptly it ended. Like it was, it, it, so much happened in this match that it felt like it had to like, have oh. a conclusion, but then it like ended up almost like a, a cradle pin. And it's, it's yeah, like, what is going on? She, she was weird. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I can't make hands tell in this match. Like, there's a spot where they get Mayu, Shuri, in in Konami in the match, and they try to do the triangle, you know, ass and uh, thigh kick thing, and then like because you know Shuri's actually a former you know UFCer, and Konami's actually um, a martial artist, obviously. Like, they start trading, and then, like, they get Mayu involved, and then, like, Konami kicks Mayu, and then Mayu, like, just falls to the ground and sells, like, she got a Charlie horse, like, nah, y'all, I'm I'm a wrestler, y'all are real. (laughs) It was just, like, it was just so much funny shit, and, like, intentional and unintentional comedy happened all throughout this match. Plus, like, them wanting to actually have a real match at the same time, and, like, I don't know how well it all landed together, but like, it's worth a watch just for how chaotic this match was. Cause I'm not, I'm call, we're calling all this stuff crazy, but I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this match is good. Like, I enjoy, I had a fucking blast watching this match, but like, I don't, I, I don't know what the fuck this was, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, like, if you are looking for someone to compare this to, like, I figured this would be a match that would be like a house show main event that no one would ever see. Right. Uh, like, and if it was like the Bucks and like SCU and, you know, like Hybrid 2 and like motherfuckers just, you know, 
obviously they can wrestle and are athletic and just do funny shit and can plan out a bunch of like shit. Like, um, you know, what, you want to you want to know what I thought of in my head? What this is like the Joshi equivalent of the elite Kenny Omega, Mayu Watani, uh, Nick Jackson, Starlight Kid, Matt Jackson, Lasaya <laughs> Sa- versus Death Triangle. <laughs> right so, versus Death Triangle. So uh, in this situation, Phoenix is, is Nasupoi. Um, Pac would be uh, Shuri, and then uh, Julie would be Neville, and then or Pentagon. Julie would be Pentagon. No, 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 no. Yeah, Julie's Pentagon. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Pac is uh, is Shuri, and then uh, versus. Santana Ortiz and MJF of Inner Circle, where like B Priestley is MJF, <laughs> <laughs> right? Konami is Santana, and then Saki is uh, Ortiz. Where it's like, there's gonna be some spot where everybody wants to eventually beat the shit out of MJF, and MJF just has to piss off enough people in his match where you want to see him get his. And then throughout this match, he's being a dick, and then eventually they're gonna stomp the dog shot at him, and you'll be like, "This is this is incredibly satisfying." B disrespecting all of them, saying that they suck, they suck, they suck. I'm the best. I'm Ishiban, and then she turns around, and and then she ends up get, catching the beats from twelve feet, like this shit. That shit was so good. It was so good. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I just it, it was wild. Like this is a this is what I imagine AEW house show would be with like Death Triangle versus Elite versus um, inner this new inner circle that we have now. Like, don't ever put this shit on TV. But like y'all, were, <laughs> people, but people that were at the house will have enjoyed the shit out of this match. And like, yeah. there's so many people that was like nobody's really taking any real damage or really having to go all out. But like, it was a blast to watch. It was some super indie shit. It really mm-hmm. was. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, we're headed towards the anniversary, 10th anniversary show. Um, they're not calling that big uh, show in March at uh, Budokan. They're not calling that the 10th anniversary show. They're calling this next Cork and Hall the 10th anniversary show. So, so the um, white belt, or the red belt matches Utami versus Micah. Um, the uh, white Sorry, the red belt match is Micah versus Utami. The white belt match is uh, Julia versus Nasako. Um, mm-hmm. The, the high speed match is Azumi versus um, Yoniyama. Yoniyama is Death Yamasai, except without the, okay. sh- the 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 comma match. She's actually going back to a normal gimmick, to her normal self, which is she is everywhere else except for in Stardom. Um, like they picked that really good because they wrestle really fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing is, like. Yoniyama is, I think she's been high speed champion like th- at least three times, maybe even like as much as, four, as many as five times. But like she's she's really good at that when whenever she wants to do it. Um, SWA belt will be um, between Unagi and Saya, uh, and um, and during this these slate of matches, like they had a they had a match where um, Unagi won and pinned. Pin someone else that on the team that Lissai was on. So I want to challenge for your belt. I just beat you know beat you in a tag match or beat your team in a tag match. And then like the I don't know how if you're familiar with this, but like they you know they hide some of these ages for some of the women on Stardom, right? You know obviously like we know they are like, a funny age, right? Right? Like like Tam is Tam will be thirty three 
in March, right? Like, she's born in 88. So, like, like, Micah and, uh, Unagi, they're like 26, but, like, they only just got into, you know, they both, you know, like, uh, Utami, or not, not Utami, but, um, Micah and Unagi, like, they've both been wrestling for less than two years. Like, so, what they're doing is, or actually two years, or Unagi just hit her two-year anniversary. Micah is, like, a year and a half in, something like that, or mm-hmm. roughly. So, like, they're 26, though, so, like, they don't talk about, they, like, when they put up their date of birth on, like, their profiles or stuff on these pay-per-views, like, the year of birth ain't there. You will not see the year of birth for, for Micah or Unagi or Tam. You just won't see them. Right? So they on their Keith Lee program. Right. Or, yeah, or Darby or or Austin Theory. Like, everybody, like you yeah. know, oh, you oh you this age? Oh, sure you are. But, um. Like that Barry Gordy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, what, uh, so what Lasaya did was, uh, cause so, Lasaya, another thing is like, yeah, she's 4'9, but like, She's 23. She's, she's not like 18 like you would think she is based on how small she is. So the funny thing is like, she's like, Oh, you want to challenge my belt? It's like, do you even qualify for the rules? How old are you exactly? <laughs> and, she, and they were like, and then like, she's like, ha, funny. You're like, I qualify for this because of my two, you know, less than two years or whatever else. So they're going to have a match wow. or whatever else. Also, um, Unagi is somebody that like, she's 26. She's been wrestling. She's on her second anniversary, but like there was some type of injury, so she doesn't have that many matches when she was in Tokyo Joshi Pro. But like from what I've seen of her, like she could be real fucking good. Like her kicks suck, even though she's kind of she doesn't kick much. But the time she does kick, you're like you sh- for a person with kick pads on that looks like you should be able to kick. You don't. You need to go practice some. But like I can see her in like two years being fucking really good like um mm. so she she had a match with um utami on the second um on january 2nd that was a good ass match and it's like or that was a very good match so it was like less than two years like 50 career matches you had an injury whatever else like i see what they see well i see why they brought her in from tokyo Joshi pro so um so yeah like she also they collecting yeah yeah um so that and there's a few other matches, but like those are the main things for the anniversary show. Should be a good ass show. Um, which you know, thank God because I was tired of seeing these like these wheat looking Kurgan Hall shows where I'm just like, the only see matches I care about, but you know, whatever. Cause they got these goofy tags in, but yeah, we're we're here now. We're, we're seem like we're back on pace from or similar to fashion what we were doing like before we got to the Grand Prix, before we started like doing these big monthly shows and then like doing two Kurgan Hall shows that, that are substandard to what you were doing before so we're, we're back we're back we awesome like it's yeah like I'm us the franchise us <laughs> you know but yeah man um make sure you guys are getting your votes in for the one nation radio awards we got lots of votes uh in interesting uh patterns breaking um some you know uh, a lot of a lot of spread it's, it's weird because there's a lot of things that are spread out and just as many that are like slam dunk um, you know, it, it's, I, I think we did a really good job uh, with the categories this year. Uh, so don't forget the link will be in the notes. If you have not voted, vote in the One Nation Radio Awards. This is like the time we get to hear from you guys in mass throughout the year. 
um, and lets us know, you know, kind of if we're like, you know, it, it's funny because um, I'm seeing uh, some differences, you know, like that would reflect upon our audience in the awards this year. So that's pretty cool to see. So um, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So, James, I don't know if you voted yet, but uh, I have not. Go ahead and get, go ahead and get your ballot in as well. And um, then I can eventually start tallying this stuff up. I want to try to do something fun with the award show this year, but I haven't thought of what. So, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, unless you got anything else, I think we can. Uh, Did we answer everything in the mailbox or mailbag? Let's see. Let me check and see if there's anything else. I think there might be one more. Okay, there is one more. So, out of Nagoya, Hiroshima Night 1 and Hiroshima Night 2, which new beginning show are you most excited for? So, let's go ahead and try to pull that up. Yep, I'm pulling it up right now, too, because I had, I had I have no idea what's on there except for, like, Tanahashi versus uh, Shingo for um, the Never. Because that one looks great. They're like that. <laughs> so, um... So, what's the date on that? I don't know the date. Oh, January thirtieth, yeah. Nagoya. Um, all right, hold on. So, first match, tag match with uh, Yano and Okada versus uh, Yujiro and Evil. Second match, uh, Masuato, Show, Homa, and Ibushi versus. Uh, Lij, which is Sonata, Hiromu, Bushi, and Naito. Um, third match: Tenzan versus Great Okan. Mongolian chop off. Look, if Great Okan don't win that fucking match. <laughs> <laughs> um, fourth match: Kojima versus Osprey. Oh, I see why y'all were doing the jokes about uh about what uh, Osprey was saying from a few years ago. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the main event is uh, Shingo versus uh, Hiroshi Tanashi for the Never. And then night two for New Beginning would be... Would that be Hiroshima? Yes. Hiroshima. All right. Um, there we go. All right. Um, Gabriel Kidd, Yurimura, and Suji versus uh, Kanemaru... Um, Desperado and Suzuki. Second match would be Wato versus Bushi. Not Ibushi, but Bushi. Um, third match would be Yoshihashi, Ishii, Goto, Yano, and Okada versus Bullet Club. Phantasmo, Ishimori, Dick Togo, Evil, and Yujiro. Fourth match would be Hanma tagging with Kota Ibushi versus Naito and Sonata. What? <laughs> what a team. What, what? Um uh Tangaloa and or sorry, G O D versus uh Dejus Techers in a rematch. Um and then the main event is uh Haromu versus Show. Now I think if you were to ask me what's the best match out of these out of these two lines would be, I would say probably in my for my taste, Haromu versus Show. Um but I'm taking I'm taking the Nagoya show. There's also the uh, another Hiroshima show, Night Two, um, which is the third one. It'll be uh, Goto Ishii and Yoshihashi against Yoda Suji, Yuu Yumara, and Gabriel Kidd. Right. Suzuki Despian, and Kanemaru against Yujiro, Taiji Shimori, El Phantasmo. 
That could be kind of fun. Uh, Naito, Hiromu, and Bushi versus Hanma, Sho, and Master Wato. Uh, Okada and Yano versus Evil and Dick Togo. Jesus Christ. Right. Um, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr. and Doki versus Tamatanga, Tangelo, and Jado. And then the double title match, Kota Ibushi versus Sonata. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm going to take one. the first night. I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking night one. Like, if you ask me, um, yeah, like, uh, I'll take night one. Like, if you ask me the best match at this on uh, this entire tour, I'll probably take home over to show, um, just based off of just pure work rate. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I would take night one as best, as best one. Um, which is, was it the best, uh, new beginning show, the second one last year? Or am I misremembering? Um, I am not sure. Wasn't, but okay, so wasn't, um, Moxley versus Suzuki in the Dragon Lee, uh, Hiromu Chop Fest on the same night? I believe it was. Wouldn't that make it the best? I mean, yes, that, that would, that would make it the best. I'm pretty sure that means one. that was the best night. <laughs> but I'll take the Shingo versus Tanahashi match I've been wanting for a long time. Yeah. Long time Ace of Dragon Gate, Ace of New Japan, like, first time match, like, hell fuck yeah. Uh, Kojima and Will Ospreay, I think, has a chance to be really good. Yep. Uh, I'm interested in seeing the great Okan brutalize Tenzon and, you know, the, the 10 man tag. Hopefully it has elimination rules. I, I hear it might, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if it has elimination rules, it'd be great. Everything is better than elimination rules. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm into that show. So, the Nagoya. Yeah. Besides that, that's it. Yeah. Um, wow. We actually did this in like less than. Three and a half hours, or three and a half hours. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we had to review like a month worth of shit for like four different federations. Like, yeah. <laughs> like four different promotions. Um, and to have to talk about these idiots, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, overthrow the government. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh, oh, you know, I, I guess, you know, cause now I have to put this in, in the, uh, in the description or whatever else, uh, of the show notes. Like, so, um, I, I guess I'll ask you this off air, but I'm gonna ask you this on air. I want you to answer off air. Uh, what, Rich, what have been your favorite, uh, busted challenges that you've seen? Anyway, that's the end of the show. Be sure to raise whatever app you're using to listen to this with. Tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex, uh, Podcast Network merchandise. Be sure to check out the other shows on the, on the network. We have this show, One Nation Radio. We have Keeping a Strong Style normally on Tuesdays, maybe moving to Wednesdays eventually. Uh, we On Wednesdays, we have Rick and Clyde Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Gorman Watch Shit. On Thursdays, we have the Great Consequences Podcast. On Fridays, we have 8-Bit Suplex. On Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. And on Sundays, we have uh, Great Match Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Bust it. <laughs> <laughs>